are back. Starting episode 94 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing. We're seated around the old oak table. At least three of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameson is joining us via the miracle of technology known as cellular communications from his couch in Knoxville, Tennessee. Go Vols. Jameson, right. good evening, sir. Good evening, good evening, fellas. This is your uh, saltwater guy in trout country reporting in uh, with the, you know, annual update of what the trout weenies are up to. All right. Uh, we've got Marcus and Hey-o. Ben, and I'm hanging out up here on the north end of the table in the normal spot. Uh, I think the last time we got together was the night before uh, we left to go to Tennessee for the, the first time. Oh, it was. It was the right. night before the, the road line. trip. Yeah, That's right. Because I was so excited. So uh, we've got um, a couple of road trips under our belt since we last sat mm-hmm. down behind the microphone. So uh, um, we'll be able to talk about portions of our trip. Um, we, uh, I guess, should start off by saying uh, thank you to uh, those of you out there that listen that have been supporting the show either by... Uh, taking advantage of the deal from Grundens, uh, because we get a small percentage of every sale that happens using the uh, Taylor 20 discount code, um, as well as uh, anybody that's been uh, swinging that big dick energy and getting uh, a Riversmith, uh, dropping that kind of coin. We get a little taste of that action, too. And uh, we've been putting it to good use, uh, traveling a little bit. Yeah. Um, that being said, <laughs> tell you what, we're uh, we're we're making a Herculean effort, no doubt, um, to put together a fly fishing film um, that we plan to submit to the fly fishing film tour for consideration for the twenty twenty four fly fishing film tour and uh damn it man it's uh it it costs some money to uh travel up to tennessee (laughs) and feed the troops and you know hang out and um but we're getting it done and uh we're having a lot of a lot of fun (laughs) doing it like a lot of fun so uh we, we really are hopeful that uh the fun that we're having filming it really comes through. And uh, number one, we hope it gets uh, accepted to F3T. And uh, number two, we hope that it makes the uh, final lineup and gets uh, put out on all the show, uh, whether it's the independent shows or the, the national tour show, whatever. Um, we uh what blasted off uh pretty early the the next morning i think about five o'clock yeah we hit the road at about five um ben suggested that we stop um a mere 35 40 minutes up the road <laughs> at uh bohanglais uh saint augustine and uh mark and i mistakenly vetoed that thinking that you know we would catch the first one in georgia or something like that and i think it was like 
somewhere around the. Uh, um, I'm gonna say Johnson City exit. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I think there's a Bojangles up here, uh, a half a mile before we get to where we're going." Now it wasn't that and far, was it? Was later. <laughs> exactly, no, Jameson. it was. But see, I, I'll I was go to my credit card statement and see the time stamped at that well, process. Well, it was probably it was around Savannah, though. I, I oh, what was it? Okay, I We're, purchased or we might have been breakfast sandwiches what? from that shady gas station we stopped at to begin with. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and they were good. I think yeah. when I left, I had a quarter tank of gas. Right when we left here that morning, so we stopped somewhere in Florida, probably to get gas. Uh, I don't know why fuel I consumption at 13 miles an hour is not that yeah. bull fucking <laughs> shit. How about 13 over? <laughs> it took us. Um, for those of you that have never road tripped with uh, the Benfluencer, Mark and I are going to share with you the uh, reticence <laughs> that uh, Ben has for cruise control. Uh, cruise control is something that Ben, uh, you know, Ben is almost Amish when it comes to road trips. <laughs> uh, he likes to have the reins in his hand mm-hmm. and uh, constantly, you know, gee and haul that horse and uh, whoa and giddy up it because, uh, you know, it's a little acceleration, a little bit of coasting, <laughs> a little bit of acceleration, a little bit of coasting. And, you know, I was trying really hard, number one, to stay awake. Number two, to uh, fight off the um, being the backseat driver, like, dad guy that's like, Ben, if you would just pick a speed and stick on one speed, you would see a significant increase in your fuel efficiency. It wasn't that. I would stay on cruise control, and somebody would get over, and I'd have to hit the brake, and then I'd try to go around them. It was up, down. I tried to leave it set as much as I could, but you also have to know where I came from because let's, let's play homage to Roots. Sometimes when you get into the, like, start, stop, trying to, like, pass somebody or do the jockey thing, the last three vehicles I've owned have not had cruise control, and I've had to do it with the right foot. And sometimes you just forget to push the little button on the steering wheel, and you just I'm right. trucking. So, so there, there is the uh, admission that uh, he's forgetful and does not re-engage the cruise control. A uh, couple of hundred miles in between, Whatever. engage it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Look. At the end of the day, sometimes too much is never enough. Um, at least we got there. We did get there. Um, and I would say a reasonably timely manner. Well, that's because SS Ben didn't allow us to stop for bathroom Look, breaks. y'all were bitching at the speed, so I was like, and no one asked. No one asked to go to the bathroom. It's like the kid who's like, I'm going to pee my pants, and they don't tell you when you pass the rest stop. They wait till right after you do. Well, it, I, I think it was like at some point, Mark and I like made eye contact and we both noticed that our eyeballs were floating. <laughs> Just fucking use your words. And we were use like, your words, damn it, man. I guess he's not going to stop. Um, so then we were like, you know, I, I'm really about to pee my pants. And of course, that was the point in the uh, program where we were like somewhere in 
What did we decide that the uh, upper portions of South Carolina are called? Not the Piedmont. Oh, shit. The upstate. The upstate. The upstate. Yeah. We were cruising through the upstate, and, uh, you know, exits are far and few between up in them parts. Yep. And uh, I think we had to pass Speaking by a couple of them peak. that didn't even have anything. Um so we were getting really close to uh, like having to pass, you know, like a Mountain Dew bottle around or something. But uh, we did finally make make an exit and uh, topped off the tank, I believe. And then we cruised her on into Johnson City, Tennessee, uh-huh. and hung a right. And uh, did we go straight to the house or did we hit we partners first? Partners. We went straight to partners. So, yeah, point of order. Okay. The whole reason we had to haul ass and get there is because we had to beat the fish fry at about 3 p.m partners starts fish fry friday that's and right you don't want the super good french fries after the fish fry is started nope so it was hammered and i think we rolled in at like 259 the, yeah, yeah two right before no about 230 but yeah. here's, here's the other thing when we rolled into the parking lot, old Beningrad over here. Beningrad? <laughs> what? Larry and I like both collapsed in the parking lot because our knees were locked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like to be able to get out of the, the truck um, was <laughs> like seeing two old arthritic men <laughs> coming, like. You know, you and both of us reaching to ride with me. Both of us reaching for each other, trying to get some, something to help steady one another. It, it was it was a pretty sad sight, um, but we made it. I, I you know I will admit though, um, it did seem a lot faster because I'm pretty sure I slept for a, a decent portion. You you did you slept till about south carolina well i think you made it just before the south carolina border if i remember correctly now um and i I just broke out into a sweat because i'm remembering (laughs) it i knew this was coming um ben nearly (laughs) killed us and uh that's that's what woke me up you Uh, woke up from a sudden jar to the left and then right yeah a little cha-cha slide action on the freeway where no we were like full-on in the median we barely kissed the Helen Keller bumps. Um, a red, one of those stupid-looking Chevy Blazers, that, like the new ones, uh-huh. merged over and came into my lane, and I was fast maneuvering on my part that you're even alive, where I slid <laughs> over to the median, ben, I wouldn't got use, around him. I wouldn't use fast in any <laughs> fashion Rapid, describing your driving. Sudden. I was at the speed limit. I had yeah. I set the speedometer at eighty three when it was set. Oh, you better check calibration, my friend. We made it, <laughs> and if we left at five and got there at two, that's pretty good time. If if we had been in an airplane, we would have listened to the stall warning horn the entire <laughs> no, trip. You wouldn't have because you would have been flying Allegiant. You'd have been stuck at the gate till twelve thirty, and then you wouldn't even landed till we got till I was there. I'd have picked you up from the airport. Which, honestly, that doesn't sound like a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. Um, What did we do for uh, road trip snacks? Oh, I had those. You had that. uh, Snake River Farms beef jerky. Oh, those were good. Yeah, that was good. Um, I I had the requisite uh, Pringles. Yeah. 
We had to be careful because Ben didn't allow food in the car. <laughs> that baby's new-ish. It's only got 50,000 miles since I bought it on it. So um, um, I don't know what I brought road snack-wise. Yeah, I don't think we... I think I just drank water and shut up. So after, after our barbecue stop, um, we rolled in and... Marcus and I went off on a little uh, adventure. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah. Um, ben, um, yeah, okay, n- now this is all coming back to me. <laughs> so um, when is the appropriate time, um, and this is for everybody listening to the podcast, to ponder, uh, especially if you're commuting right now, um, if you're planning a road trip, um you know, in the nine-hour range, uh, so about a 400, 450-mile road mm-hmm. trip, um, would you say that the appropriate time to think about rotating your tires would be before <laughs> or after your road trip? At the earliest <laughs> available time. I worked the day before. Mid, mid-trip, if you can. Yeah, Exactly. So when we roll into town, he immediately says, you know, I think there's something wrong with my tires. And, and there was. And there was. They were chattering pretty hard between Asheville and Johnson City. When you'd get in the mountains and turn, it'd be like. Was, how, how did they go? That was, that was Helen Keller's bumps. Well, yeah. but a mild version. <laughs> That's a great Chewbacca impression. You could feel it in the yes. wheel. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Um, so, so Ben announced that he was going to, um, you ended up getting like new rubber all the way around, didn't you? I got a fresh set. I do not. He he went and got a fresh set of, uh, rubber put on the, and Mark and I went off on our way. And then at some point, Marcus and I were like, shouldn't we have heard from Ben by now? Yeah. And we were having so much fun. We were like, well, shit. (laughs) Let's text him. So we texted. We didn't hear anything back. And then we started feeling guilty. And we were like, well, I think we were at the fly shop by then. And we were finally like, well, hey, we we need to get going because the last thing we knew was Ben was going to, you know, take the truck and get new tires on it. And we hadn't heard from him since. So we need to go check the ditches between the tire shop and, and, you know, the Taylor Park North. Mm -hmm. And uh, we... Head on back to the house and come eased on up the driveway, and lo and behold, there's Ben on the mower. Mm-hmm. God, the smile that was on his face when we pulled up. It was it was a thing of beauty, <laughs> man, and, and I, I thanked you then, and I thank you again. The he was like in his element. It, you it, know what it was? It was just it was pretty. It felt nice outside. Oh, the weather was glorious. Oh yeah, there was like. Just that acres of grass, mm-hmm. no one out there messing with you. You just driving around, cutting. It was it was therapeutic and cathartic. Yep, it was nice. Sounds like brown nosing to me. Trying to gain some brownie brownie points with the boss. Well, no, <laughs> especially after that drive, you're like, ooh, I know what'll make him. Now happy. here's what it was. I knew we had two days, and we had a bunch of fun shit planned, and I also knew. This had to get done while we were up here. And I was like, they're gone. I'm here. What am I going to do? Sit on the couch? I was like, let's just knock this out so we don't have to think about it the rest of the week. 
And and Did it feel like you were going highway speeds. Oh, it was a little scary at times. <laughs> that mower's got some jump in it. Well, it it, it was a it was a kind gesture, and it, it was very much appreciated. Um, I think I think we passed on on going out for dinner because I think we just got in town late and I just ate a big meal. It was a yeah, late lunch. Yeah, it was a yeah. late lunch, and uh, you know the following day, um, I believe Andrew showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that's when we actually started doing some filming for the uh, film that we're going to be doing, and uh, that went pretty well. Um, we, we enjoyed that. That was actually a lot of fun, uh, putting together some of the shot lists and knocking things off the list. Um, we did do a, uh, a little fishing, right, that day, or did we? Mm. Uh, I think that was mostly. Uh, we probably fished a little. Yeah. I can't no, we did. We did. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, oh, while we Just were Peter. waiting, while we were waiting uh, for Andrew to arrive, we uh-huh. were almost missing the the starter rod competition. Oh yeah, we did. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, Oh, let's see. I've got it in the show notes. Um, this, this started this little starter rod competition. Didn't we? Didn't plan on doing this. This started out of sheer Mark boredom and Larry or Mark and Ben hearing we're going to Tennessee for the weekend, and neither one of us packing a fly rod because <laughs> it was a work trip. So <laughs> as we were. <laughs> Heading into town um, from out in Holston Valley, where the fly shop is located, we were like, I think headed in to get some pals or something, and uh, we decided um, that we would probably fish at Aunt Mary's at some point, and they didn't have fly rods. Mm -hmm. So I believe Marcus came up with the idea and said, well, why don't we just go to Walmart and see, like, you know... If they have, you know, like those starter kits. Yep. So we went, and you guys got the Cortland Fair Play. Fair Play. Um, it's a it's quality fly fishing gear in the hands of anglers at a fair price, is how they describe it on their website. It was and, a uh, fair price. <laughs> it was pretty great. So... The idea, we chose uh, Beaver Creek um, kind of next to Bristol Motor Speedway um, near the confluence of Beaver Creek and Back Creek that uh, comes through Carden Holler. Because um, as, a, as a ute, uh, I can remember seeing lots <laughs> of uh, nice-sized carp in Back Creek. Well, um, we did not see any carp. Uh, on this expedition, but we did see creek chub. some fish that we later learned yeah. uh, were creek chub. We had a couple follows, yeah, um, some looks, some leans, some looks, some leans. Um, and uh, mind you, not only were they fishing um, the starter rod combo kit, they were also s- utilizing Walmart flies. Correct. Uh-huh. Also, also by. 
Uh, Cortland. Cor- yeah. Yeah. It was all. Yeah. Cortland, lock, stock, and barrel. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, I would say that at the end of the day, we all did agree that uh, in a pinch, um, the, the in capable hands, those rods certainly can serve the purpose. So yeah. I don't know what not been tied but when we were rigging up we realized that there were no you know welded loops we did not it was have a nail, nail knot. knot tool uh <laughs> no i i went with the double overhand uh makeshift perfection loop something or other i was gonna say i tied the dyslexic perfection loop that doesn't know how to tie a perfection loop it's just like let me get a loop on this end and throw one on this mm-hmm. end and even with that, it it casted yeah. fairly well with as janky as a setup. I would have probably uh, I I kind of left you guys to it at the back of the truck <laughs> to uh, rig your uh-huh. stuff. Um, I would have probably just done the double Duncan loop. Um, Let's see, and just slit you know, <laughs> know Duncan donuts, <laughs> seated him down. I don't know Duncan's loop. I know his donuts. They're great. Mm. I was going to try a blood knot, but... Okay. Well, in any event, right. what what you tied worked, right? It did. And, yeah. uh, Surprisingly well. We, uh, I'd say we spent a couple hours farting around doing that or whatever. And then uh, we heard that uh, Maddie and uh, Andrew were getting close or for whatever reason, we decided to head back to the house. You know what it was? Andrew came up Sunday. No. I was there. I don't know. Did <laughs> I think he came up Sunday. Saturday we did. We did. The oh yeah, you're right. You're right. We did the budget. We had to pack up and. Uh, yeah, we had to jet because we had to go back, freshen up a little bit, and yep. we went back to the fly shop because yep. that was when Mark did the uh, little pop up. Fly tying uh, night at the fly box. Yeah, we had we had quite the crowd. Yeah, it was for, fun for being a hey, we're coming to town. Yeah, like three days notice. Hey, we're going to come right. up. Mark's going to share a couple of proven yep. redfish patterns, and uh, it was it was a damn good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually pretty cool because uh, a couple of the folks that uh, listened to the show that were there. Um, they're actually in the process, and I believe that process is complete it's now. Complete. Um, they're they were in the process of moving down to Charleston, so uh, the idea of being able to show them a couple of mm-hmm. uh, pretty utility patterns uh, that would certainly work down there as well, yeah, um, was very timely for them. Um, Marcus uh, got to meet uh, a gentleman that uh, was a fellow veteran that uh, arrived a little late, uh, (laughs) but that did did not stop him from asking plenty of questions. No, right in, right. I think I was mid-sentence. Yes. (laughs) What what are you tying? So what kind of fish are we tying (laughs) this for? What kind of fish are we tying this for? (laughs) And uh, turns out uh, he's uh, kind of a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flew some pretty cool stuff back in the day. Yep. Old Vietnam, yeah, Vietnam era guy. Yep. Old and crusty. 
kind of lives up in a holler now where uh, he can, you know, keep an eye on who's coming and going. Oh, yeah. He did tell me that. Yeah. I forget uh, what it's called, so you guys are warned. Right. It's one of those hollards. So um, we were honored uh, at the fly shop by having uh, a chili dog special. Yes. uh, The Taylor dog special, um, which was pretty cool. Damn fine too. Damn fine. Which I think has made the the regular menu now. Yes, it has. It it certainly yeah. has. And uh, the uh, um, Todd came up from Knoxville for for the yes. tying event. Yes. Um, who else did we see? Uh, We're terrible with names, and I, we apologize. I, I, can picture, I can see everyone's face sitting at the bar. I see the people at the table, and I can't. I didn't know anybody. Uh, I, I, Todd and I were standing off to the left side of the shop, the south side. Yeah. and yeah, that's that was the first time I met him as well. Yeah. That's the first time I've met him in person yeah. as well. But uh, nice guy. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, we we did the tying event, and... Uh, that was that was a lot of fun, and you know, um, you know, we've done similar stuff with uh, Old City. Um, you know, if if we're if we feel like we fit in at a shop, and the shop has the right uh, vibe to it, vibe. it's kind of like the community center. Um, cool owners, everybody's got you know the right attitude. It's like super fun for us to just kind of like plug in uh, to their program, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously, of course, we love the shit out of uh, the fly box. So uh, that was that was the perfect evening to get us up there. Yeah, and that was uh, still Marcus's, uh, you know, kind of just easing into and and, and uh, matriculating into the East Tennessee. Um, Lifestyle. It's special, folks. Uh, <laughs> you have to visit it to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to visit it to see it. That's, that, that's uh, really profound. That was that was a, a Yogi Berra uh, quote, I believe. <laughs> it's kind of like the zoo. Each each little section of holler is is different. Uh, you don't know what road you're going to go down, so you're asking the safety questions like, eh, is this a good idea? No, it is a beautiful place, and I will always go back. So, uh, invited. I want to walk around there by myself. The, the following morning, because um, by the time we were done at the fly box, we got back... Um, Everybody was pretty gassed. We 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 got oh, yeah. we got in bed pretty pretty early, and uh, the next morning we get up and uh, we're having our coffee, and lo and behold, what did we see oh. out the back sliding glass door? Marcus is like, "Hey, Larry, look!" <laughs> it it was just staring through the door. Yeah, like it was it was tempting like you won't do it no balls <laughs> and my immediate response was marcus do you have your pistol and he was like yeah it's right here and i'm like well then shoot the son of a bitch so i'm 
fumbling, getting the door unlocked and open. And Marcus had the look on his face of, is he really fucking serious? And I'm like, almost like the gator people or whatever. You know? shoot him, I'm shoot like, him. shoot it, shoot it. So Marcus unleashed a couple of rounds of nine mil um, at this damn groundhog. Yeah. And uh, the first shot, I didn't see where the first shot went. The second one, definitely, he, he got a little, uh, probably a little... Uh, Dirt flying at him. Oh, yeah. He felt and it on the he, rear he, end. Yeah, he, he got a little stinger. Kicked it into overdrive. And uh, he hauled ass down the hill and just kind of <laughs> disappeared on us. But uh, so uh, that was, awful. That was um, you know, depressing for me. Um, not not that Marcus missed. I mean, it, was a, it would have been a hell of a pistol shot uh, to hit a moving target at 75 yards. But it was depressing to me because, you know, the last time Ben and I had been up, we had laid waste to a couple of generations of those <laughs> fucking filthy bastards <laughs> that were living under the deck. And this son of a bitch just moved right in oh, while yeah. we were I gone. Mean, yeah. No respect. Zero respect. <laughs> the dead to be like, well, let's let their house be here a little bit. No. Vacancy. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, work is done. And I was like, oh, damn, you know, uh, you know, a maybe getting shot at twice. Maybe he'll go back down, find a, a burrow somewhere else. But, you know, in my heart, I knew he was going to be back. But, uh, I can't think of what we did most of the day. Um, well, that's when Andrew got there. Yep. We Andrew- went to, Places. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we started working our, our way through the shot list, uh, which also included um, Marcus um, and Ben doing a little fishing. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I, I took a siesta uh, stream side. And, uh, can, you, can you really call it fishing? Yeah, there was fishing. Yeah, there was some fishing involved. Okay. Casting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, both of them claimed to have at least seen a fish or thought they felt a fish or gavelt a fish. Um, I definitely set the hook on something. Yeah. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, when when all the fun and filming activities were concluded, uh, I think Andrew and uh, Maddie took off that evening, didn't they? No, they stayed. They went and got That's right. That's right. They st- oh, yeah. But you guys like left early the next morning, Monday Bugged morning, out. right? Bugged oh. out super early. God, well, must... we knew at 68 miles an hour, it was going to take a while to get back. To yeah, like 12 hours to get home, right? It was like the Something crack like of dawn of Christ. <laughs> he admits it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even wake up that early in the Army. So <laughs> I love getting up that early. It's I was like a normal day for me. I was initially scheduled to ride back with them. Um but my buddy Scott, who I grew up with up there, uh, had called me at some point during the weekend mm-hmm. and was like, hey, what's going on? And I told him what we were up to and invited him to come do some stuff with us. And he was working, but he said that later in the week he had a couple of days off. And I said, well, you know, I'm kind of like trying to figure out whether I should stay or whether I should go home that the uh, flight out of Tri-Cities on Thursday was so late in the evening that I wouldn't like arrive back in Sanford until like damn near midnight 
and you know it would require the wife coming to get me that late and she wouldn't be down with that and he said well shit i'll drive you to Asheville. Asheville has you know freaking flights every day so for the, for the normal people Asheville. yeah whatever <laughs> so i uh i checked and was able to get a ticket and uh leave it on friday and uh so i ended up staying and uh yeah but ben ben is a trooper i try to hang on as long as i could somewhere outside of Asheville. i think i started like you you little head bobbing oh you made it over the gap yeah and then once it like (laughs) the windies wound down so did mark oh yeah so so Mm. ben's ben's a trooper as much as much crap as we gave him that road trip he was definitely a road warrior you know, speaking of Sam's Gap, um, if if you, any of you guys pay attention and follow the uh, podcast on Instagram, um, there's a little snippet on the reel where we are still on the North Carolina side of the mountain, but we're kind of going up. No, I take that back. It's after we had crossed over and we had kind of come down the mountain from Sam's Gap. Um, in the reel, we pass an old pickup truck <laughs> with the door hanging open. And, uh, as we went past, we took, you know, a little video cause grandpa oh, is driving were, yeah. down the highway at like 65 miles an hour. Um, the door doesn't even latch. No. And as we're going by, he's drinking a fucking road soda. Oh, yeah. There, it, there it was, was a visible awesome. gap in the cab, between the cab and the door. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, my, my first sight of yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> Grandpa <laughs> sipping on a beer, door swinging open. I didn't know what to do. I was just in awe. And Mark I was like, was like Get hell video. yeah, these are my people. <laughs> yep. Welcome to Tennessee, Mark. <laughs> Grandpa. So, uh, since Scotty hooked me up with uh, a ride over to Asheville, I ended up sticking around and just doing chores um, around the house. And uh, it turned out it was kind of a rainy week. Uh, so uh, I didn't get to go out and do too much. I was going to go try to fish a little bit, but that that kind of didn't happen because of the weather. Um, I did get to uh, go visit with uh, my Aunt Mary, which... Uh, keeps the uh, access to the river well in place oh, yeah. and uh, that fucking groundhog ended up coming back so uh, early one morning I can't even remember which morning it was um, Larry had set up in his sniper hide no I, I it was it was this kind of the same scenario as the last time where I'm like in the kitchen or like crossing the the living room and there he was and he saw me and made it you know (laughs) under the under the porch real quick and i was like oh son of a bitch son of a bitch so i went down got the rifle and the shotgun out (laughs) and went and got everything set up and was able to get the window open and got the sniper hide all <laughs> set up. And sure as shit, um, 
we played peekaboo like two or three times. Every time he would fucking see me and go right back <laughs> underneath there. I'm like, God dang it. And, you know, w- once you've invested a certain amount of time, you know, you're kind of committed. You're committed. And um, so I'm like watching him, watching him, watching him. And at some point I'm like dying for like a drink or something. <laughs> so I leave the sniper hide and I, because I haven't seen him in a while. And I'm like, son of a bitch, you know, like, <laughs> so I go to get a drink out of the refrigerator and I go look out the window that's above the sink. And he was literally <laughs> at the freaking, like straight in front of me, facing the house, looking at me. Hmm. And I'm like, totally like frozen, like Statue of Liberty. You can't get me, old man. And he's just like looking and looking and looking. <laughs> And then he drops down. So I like immediately like take a step back. <laughs> fucking you know, like Tom Cruise and my boxers and my fucking socks cruising for the back room to get, you know, to the to the window so I can maybe get get a bead on him and uh get there. There's no sign of him. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I'm like waiting and waiting and then he comes out. But he comes out, and where he comes out, I have no shot because the the deck is kind of in the way. And he goes down over the berm, mm-hmm. down towards uh, the fence uh, where the cattle are. Again, he's got cattle behind him, so I'm <laughs> like, well, I can't take a shot now. Um, so I'm like, all right, he's going to come back. He's going to come back to the freaking... Mm-hmm porch at some point so i literally just put the shotgun out the window and just put a bead on the side of there's this big bush that i knew because he started back up the hill now he's out of sight behind the bush and i'm like okay he's going to come out the left side of the bush and when he comes out the left side of the bush i should i should be able to whack him and he did and he's coming up the hill, and I fucking squeeze a round off, and it doesn't roll him over or anything. He just, like, spins around like fucking Walter Payton and fucking goes around <laughs> the bush and shoo, right underneath the deck. I'm, I'm like, fuck, I know. I mean, like, the range was right. I'm shooting number fours. There's no way. Like he should, he should not have made it. And, uh, I went back and even pulled the security camera footage and sent it to you guys <laughs> and was like, look, you can see the fucking thing. I mean, you, you see the wadding hit right at his, like right at his chin, you know, he got a face full of it and, but he still, he made it. And I mean, he was shitting it and getting it, you know, when he went under the, underneath the porch. But then for the rest of the week, I never saw him again. And uh, the next time when I went over to see Howard, he was like, did you shoot something? And I was like, yeah, I shot a damn groundhog that moved into the hole from where I murdered the mother and the kids. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, did you get it? And I was like, well, I know I hit it, but some bitch made it back to the hole. And uh, all week long, never saw him again. So... Every time I would see Howard, we would kind of debate back and forth. Like, do, well, do you think you just wounded him or stung him or 
right. missed him. You know, Howard, of course, was, you know, inclined to think that I just probably missed him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck no, yeah. you know. But then I started second guessing myself. And I got, I literally did. I got mad at myself because I was like, okay, next time this kind of setup occurs within arm's reach, all I had to do was take a fucking deep breath and say, hey, dumbass, you've got a rifle with a scope on it right behind you. Put the shotgun down. And instead of squeezing and praying with the scatter gun, <laughs> why not just fucking turn him inside out with the 17 HMR mm-hmm. and it had been over, you know, and then I'd just been throwing him out for the coyotes. Well, um, Scott picks me up Friday morning and takes me back to Asheville and, uh, we're back home. What we're back here for what? A couple weeks before well, two. two weeks or so. Well, I just remembered about the trip home. Okay. Uh, I think we were still in Tennessee. And about that time, we're like, hey, Jameson. No, South Carolina. Yeah, we were in South Carolina. Meant to say North when Carolina. You, when you first called me, you had just crossed, crossed over the French Broad. Okay. Yes, that's accurate. And, you know, we were coordinating, hey, where are you at? What mile marker? Okay, we're here, we're here. And this is because Jameson was northbound. Yeah, he Correct. was there making the move up to Knoxville. And we were going back to where? Fort. Knoxville. Vol? Vol. Knoxville. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I was just picking on you because I figured Mark would, you know. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> and then we were obviously headed south. America. And I forget what mile marker we were at, and we were on the phone. Okay, we're here. We're counting down. Yep. You know, eight tenths, seven tenths, and then it was like, oh, God, I guarantee we're gonna hit right where that wood line starts in the median. So Ben's kind of slowing down. Jameson's kind of speeding up. We're playing that game, and you guys saw each other. I was just yeah. able to snap some pictures and wave and say bye to my buddy and. It was like I think it was at mile marker forty four. Um, yeah, we were it, on ninety five we or twenty six. On ninety five, yeah. okay. And it was like we were coming. No, it wouldn't have been ninety five at that point. It would have been when it already no, we crossed were on over ninety five. You're on forty mile marker forty four. You're counting down to. Yeah, we were on ninety five, uh, sure. Georgia, and like exit eighty six is where twenty six picks up. So, but we were coming through that like that wooded median. He was coming out as we were going in, and literally, it's like we a, saw his yeah. hood pass, and then like the little U-Haul behind him. Like if I yeah, had for this those... sound on my phone, it would <laughs> that burst just <laughs> yeah. And you know, we got we got just a tip, but I saw him right. But it was cool for for those that have never driven through. South Carolina, there's uh, some pretty long stretches of wooded, divided medians yeah. along the highway, and we were able to uh, somehow make it work. Time it for so. the gap. That's just to distract you from That's the right. potholes on the right-hand side. Right. Ooh, pretty right. tree. Yeah, you're, you're looking, looking yeah, trees, trees. Yes. South Carolina is definitely in the running for some of the shittiest highways in America. There's no doubt about that. 
South Carolina, and uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Knoxville's pretty. Uh, pretty uh, it was. It was pretty. <laughs> the rough. highway's not bad. It's the exits that'll just like the exit, knock yeah. the <laughs> fucking <laughs> fillings out your teeth. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, one of the things that uh, I did try to tackle um, on the on my rainy week chores while uh, I was up there by myself. Uh, I've got the Yamaha G3 uh, aluminum boat. Oh, up there yeah. and uh i was able to get the trim going the starter turns the motor over but right now i've got a locked up steering wheel so uh uh what's that stuff called uh, i thought about grease it. no pb blaster <laughs> yes pb blaster like try to get some of that, that down in there yeah. I don't want to say corrosion, but of course, you get that level of gunk and yeah, grime. And yeah, I think it's like just like hardened grease or goo. something. Yeah. And I just don't want to like crank on the steering wheel and like fuck something up. Yeah, you don't but, like bust a seal or something. But, uh, blaster. yeah, if we can get the G Wagon going, man, it, it'd be freaking perfect while we're up there. Oh, yeah. I will uh, make the G Wagon my. Personal I just want to outside of other projects. I just want to sit on the deck in my Ranger panties and cruise like boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I tell you what, when I did get dropped off at Asheville, um, I had forgotten that there's this phenomenon that occurs every summer in Asheville. Hmm. Probably within the a 25 mile radius of oh, that wow. city is one of the highest concentrations of summer camps Mm -hmm. where kids from Florida come up for summer camp like at a week at a time or they may do multiple weeks or whatever. I didn't know they still had real camps. So it was worse than the typical Florida-bound flight being full of Disney kids. Mm -hmm. This was all kids that were hopped up on sugar for the first time in a week because they'd been at camp. Going home. And it was absolutely <laughs> freaking jam-packed. It was unreal. Um, I think my flight was delayed coming back, if I remember. It was. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it was. Because, uh, and I didn't realize it until, you know, this trip through Asheville. Um, their airport is like really like third world. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is, it really is. Um, There are no jet bridges. Um, Oh, so you're tarmac. You, you walk the tarmac out and then they've got like a, a little, um, you know, like ramp that you go up back and forth, like a switchback ramp to get up yeah. to the door to get in. No stairs, just a, a ramp that goes... I think I did that somewhere in Utah. And I was like, yeah. thinking to myself, for all of the uppity fucking say, hippies that, that live around here, you would think that they would have a nicer airport. Because, you know, if you don't think Asheville is like one of the premier cities of the South, just ask somebody from Asheville and they'll tell you that it is. But when you've got a third world airport, mm. you can't lay claim to anything like that. I'm sorry. Right. I mean, Tri-Cities has a better airport than... Is that where we were? Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. We, we came in through Knoxville. Okay. But um, even the airport where that's by my house mm-hmm. has 
jet bridge. So, fuck off, Asheville. Yeah, spend, um, spend less time on the beaver pelt hats. <laughs> <laughs> and hacky sack. Yeah, the hacky sack. Enough of the hacky sack. Um, it keeps them grounded, you know. They got a. Is that what it is? Just it's like a hike, you know. It reminds them that they're oh, close to the mountains. Yeah, and, yeah. I got it. Um. All right, so uh, that gets all of us except for Jameson, who abandoned us. He's he's up in still, he's up in Knoxville now. Still hasn't taken a road trip with us. We what it is. We are back and. Uh, some of the highlights while we're back all in town as we uh, resume our normal safe operation was uh, the ladies tarpon fly tournament. Yeah. 2023 was going down. Yeah. So uh, just like the big three, we always like try to keep one eye on uh, the results from day to day. And uh, I can't say anything specific about the outcome of the tournament because uh i just didn't pay that much attention but i did see that um there was a new uh conservation award given out so before that our very own andrew designed yes the poster the the event poster yeah that was that was really super cool um and that's uh he grew up and mm-hmm. has known uh, Fordyce's daughter, and uh, she was actually the event uh, coordinator. Coordinator, and uh, so she reached out to him, knowing he's the talented yeah. artist that he is, and uh, he actually got the yep the go ahead event poster. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty rad. But uh, yeah, this new uh, oh gosh, what what would you call it? Uh, well, they're calling it a conservation award. Um, it it reminds me, um, April Vokey, I believe, did um, a episode of her podcast with um, Meredith McCord. And Meredith tells the story about how she had just gone over to visit when they were uh, filming uh, Buccaneer and Bones uh, for BTT way back in the day. And uh, one of the famous guys, one of the actors, um, oh, he's the British guy, um, does a lot of action films. Um, Daniel Craig? No, like... Statham. No. Statham? Mr. Bean. That's it. It's, it's, it always has to do with like, uh, you know, Taken. Taken's one oh, of the movies. Oh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. He, he was fishing um, on the show. And it, it almost kind of sounds like he'd kind of taken a shine to Meredith and uh, was talking to her a lot. <laughs> and he had asked her why she wasn't on the show. And... Uh, She's like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not quite sure. And he's like, well, you know, who are you? And she like, you know, well, I live in Houston or San Antonio, wherever she's from. And I own, you know, a couple of, you know, the three or four of these, uh, you know, paint it while you drink and get drunk with your girlfriend places. Um, you know, and he's like, no, no, no. Who are you as far as an angler goes? 
And she was like, well, you know, I love fishing for it. And he's like, no, no, who are you? And finally he explained to her, you know, all it takes is, you know, getting some type of credentials to allow the, the producers of the show to be like, you know, and Meredith McCord, blah, 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 you know, and, and that's kind of her credentials that, and the reason to put her on the show. And she said she'd always been kind of interested in doing the record um, chasing and and that kind of was the catalyst that set her on track to start chasing the line class records because then once she had a couple, they were able to say Meredith McCord, world record holder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, uh, you know, her chops that got her on the show or, or I don't know whether she was ultimately on the show or not, but this conservation award kind of... Uh, <laughs> reminded me of that oh, because it's it, it, it's it was uh, an award that was voted for amongst the competitors and it wasn't even like there there weren't any like qualifications it was just like you know oh the people that I was in a tournament with we all voted and 3 out of the 12 of us or 20 of us or whatever got this award so it was just like but it was ultimately presented by our favorite um, group. Yeah, the the Clean Water Cowboys mm-hmm. uh, were the sponsors of it, and at least what two of the two of the ladies that got um, the award yeah. are associated with that organization. So it was kind of like the left hand gave the right hand an award. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know why we bring it up. It's just one of those, just from afar, you see stuff going on and you're like, man, you know, what is it? You know, like it reminded me of everybody getting a ribbon after the soccer game. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. Well, you didn't win the tournament. So here's your, but you know what, what the uh, other observation was, um, I do believe that across the board, the uh, I think the ladies did better uniformly across their entire. Didn't Denny win the ladies as well as the gold cup? Um, I want to say he did. Who was who was the winning uh, angler for? Hang on. But what but what what I was trying to spit out was I think that like you know if if their tournament had say twenty five in it I think mm-hmm. there were like out of the twenty five total anglers pretty much everybody at least scored a fish during that week maybe um, a majority of the field a, a majority yeah. of the field where we yeah. had, we had kind of looked at some of the other of the big three were the the. Yeah. Super elites compete, and there was there was a couple of those tournaments where like less than half Zeros. of the field yeah. zeroed. So, you know, I, I say good for you, ladies. You know, you're kicking ass and taking names, and you're fishing a tournament after, you know, basically the same <laughs> waters after 
you know, three <laughs> straight tournaments of the fish getting super pressured. So, you know, that's saying something. Um, the award, not so much. Um, <laughs> sorry, just a little reality check. Um, Jameson, I think you went to an inaugural event uh, right after you moved up to uh, the Smoky Mountains. Um, you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about your uh, experience going to the Maggie Valley Fly Fishing Festival? Yeah, so the weekend after we had moved up and gotten settled, um, we found out it was the first annual Maggie Valley Fly Fishing Festival um, held right there in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, uh, at the campgrounds. And the missus and I had some free time, so we went ahead and decided to uh, to go on over, make the uh, make the mountain crossing, and dip our toes in the North Carolina side of it. Um, and how far away was that? Is that from Knoxville? Because that's that's just like on forty back yeah. towards Asheville for you, but that's kind of like pretty much. That's yeah. it's uh, it's like right at an hour and a half, depending on. Oh wow! Okay, so it's much closer to Asheville probably than it is um, Knoxville. Yeah, it's probably yeah, it's probably half hour to Asheville. Okay, forty five minutes to Asheville maybe, um, but nonetheless, you know, still much uh much closer than a colorado day trip so. <laughs> absolutely absolutely um but it was great yeah we we got there and there was uh tons of booths set up there was obviously the the maggie valley um fly shop who was the actual title sponsor and the the folks that are putting it on um they had invited uh, a bunch of different folks from you know i think hardy rods had a, a booth set up there i think some of the other local fly shops had some things set up. Some of the smaller, more niche companies had um, a booth set up. There was a, a bamboo fly rod maker that was uh, that was there, based out of Blue Ridge area. Um, a, a fly, couple fly companies, a couple artists. So you know, a little bit of everything. Um, I mean, all focused on trout, but uh, really good turnout from a vendor side. You picked up some art at that show, didn't you? Yeah, we met a, a gentleman who runs uh, an account called Northfly, and uh, he just does some doodles, I guess, or he'll call them doodles or, or drawings. But we, uh, the missus and I, saw him at his booth, and he's like, "Yeah, I just been drawing these pretty much all weekend." And um, so we picked up three of his uh, three of his fly drawings. We got two dry flies and a nymph, um, and they are. It's the first piece of uh, artwork that we've had added to the the new place. So nice. Yeah, it was a great little pickup. Great to meet them, uh, young couple, um, and I know we're gonna hang out with them going forward. So, oh, that's even up that's that. even more cool. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. We plan to fish. A lot of the folks were based either over there or in like North Georgia, and they drive up um, to fish. And so, uh, I think I've made some plans with some folks to fish over that way uh, when I'm I'm staying over there uh, instead of trying to make it into a day trip and things like that. But but uh, but yeah, we're definitely going to go over there and, and go again as the, the show continues to go on. Um, picked up some fly floating from a local guy. Saw some pretty <laughs> he got <you>. pretty <laughs> pretty unique stuff. Um, some curved rods, which was super interesting. I didn't get to talk to the gentleman about it, but they were 
Like, Definitely interesting looking. Like preloaded or unloaded? Almost. Almost. It was kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. it. It looked like it was almost like a recurve bow without the string. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess when you go to load it, it, it casts better. I, again, I didn't take the opportunity to talk to the guy. He had, he had had folks at his booth every time we had walked by. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they had a bunch of food and vendors and, um, you know, and one of the big draws for me was uh, the songs of the road band were playing. Um, and I first heard about them from the fly boxes story from their, their squala party they had posted one of their songs and I had checked them out and I've been listening along and I was like, Oh, great opportunity to go see them in concert. And I guess they're big fly fishermen themselves, um, local to the West North Carolina, East Tennessee area. Um, and, and they went ahead and played a whole set and we enjoyed the beautiful weather. It was a little cooler over there in the mountains than it is here in Knoxville, but, um, but yeah, all in all, it was a great weekend. We only went out there for Saturday. It was both Saturday and Sunday event. Um, you know, really great turnout. Yeah, I think you said it was like almost like 3,000 people throughout the day, something like that. Yeah, that's what the vendors had been telling us, um, is that people were kind of filtering through. uh, And the weather was so nice that I'm sure folks were like, oh, if I'm going to Maggie Valley, I might as well go fish a little bit. So they would stop in for a couple hours, go out and fish and or go fish and then come back and go to the the event. So Was, Was the book lady there? book lady yeah i don't believe so There's i don't remember anybody that usually travels with these fly fishing shows that have books related to fly fishing about fly fishing and fly time like a uh second no i don't nothing new i don't remember them hmm. no. um met a met another another guy that was has a a sticker that is similar to the huge one sticker called Trout Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I picked up a couple of those. And, yeah, it was just a good afternoon kind of to get settled into our area a little bit more and um, really get the the trout feeling going again. Coming, got a little, got a little dose of the southern hospitality, too, didn't you? Yes, we did. Did you yes, take advantage did. of the language courses? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Mark. Wow. I'm 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 kind of used to it. Um, I've 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 been fortunate enough to be up here enough times to <laughs> to understand Appalachian. Rattle, 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 rattle. <laughs> Sweet tea. <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great time. Great to be out and meet some folks and and you know get well, the conversation started. And I think that uh, it would be safe to say also um, when we did our final podcast, when you did a stellar job, uh, basically as the MC of the yeah. last show that you'd be sitting here at the old oak table uh, for a little mm-hmm. bit anyway. Um, we had put the call out for, you know, anybody that wanted to welcome you to the Knoxville area by showing you the local waters. Um, 
it wasn't but a couple of days before I saw that you were out fishing with folks. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, within, within days of that, that show coming out, I had had, you know, follow requests and messages about, you know, welcome to Knoxville, welcome to the, the area. Um, let's get together. Um, and, and thankfully, a group of guys. Um, there were plenty of guys volunteering to take you out. Definitely in the volunteer state. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> That's but, right. <laughs> but but yeah, ended up taking up um, one of the groups of of guys that go fish all the time uh, up on their offer. The second week we were here, went out and went after my first ever chance throwing streamers at smallmouth bass and within two hours of the float i hooked into my very first smallmouth bass and so uh say they they know a little bit about what they're doing but uh it was a great time i know i know it works up in doggy daddy's region fairly well for smallmouth i bought a whole bunch in anticipation like Snook would smash it. The Murdich Minnow. Murdich Minnow. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar. I'll send you a picture. Okay. It's Is it kind of like a muddler? No, it's basically like pearl chenille. Okay. With, and I, I don't remember the, the tail end, but it's usually like a bucktail or something nice and stiff. Okay. And I take like a little gray sharpie along the top, so looks like a huh. little bait fish, mm-hmm. and they crushed it. Nice. Oh, then I'll have to uh, to look into yeah. it. No, we were throwing the, uh, the good old standby sex dungeon. Oh, nice. Or something yeah. similar, um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, it was. Uh, you need to get time. a hold Thank of Kyle. Did. Kyle has uh, a go to it's like his i would call it his confidence fly the lunchbox the lunchbox oh, nice. the lunchbox like yeah and uh when when we're fishing uh smallmouth with him uh it's either you know a lunchbox of one color or another um now, intermixed are, with uh, Todd's wiggle minnow sometimes. Are they articulated? Do they have? Are you throwing like the two hook combo, or it's just? No, I think it's pretty. No, single hook. Yeah, I think uh, the lunchbox is single hooked. Okay. Um, and then, of course, right now in the height of the summer, um, it's really a topwater game. Um, oh, gosh, I like, love that. Oh. They've been, they've just been absolutely crushing um, their trips, uh, like 50 fish days, um, just throwing poppers. You know, that's fucking cool. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's that's all I got. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Um, You know, and and we were invited to go uh, when we were up for our second trip to Tennessee, uh, but we were just, so busy doing the filming thing um there were just too many moving parts and there were too many of us Mm -hmm. um because uh you know kyle has the the drift boat but you know we 
probably would have been picked up by the Coast Guard if we tried to put <laughs> no all of us in, in, in one boat. Um, they would have been like, holy shit, you know, we thought there was uh, some illegal immigration going right. on up here. <laughs> what but, <the> dry foot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't in that boat. What else did we... Uh, there was a few other... In-betweeners? In-betweeners that we had seen. Um, <laughs> but I do, while you're looking for that, I do want to give a shout-out to the uh, the Knoxville crew, Greg and uh, Alston and uh, Winton for you know taking the chance on a guy they'd never met and bringing him fishing. So... Yes. Uh, so there is a picture from our original trip, you, Ben, and I. Oh, no. Where? I hope this is the same picture I'm looking at right now. Probably. Yep. It's probably the same one. I'm <laughs> where so a certain spouse went off the deep end. So unhinged. I I have not <laughs> laughed harder um, in a long time than. Uh, we how did this start i you know i, I know how it started so <laughs> the was it the fly tying night that it we did this fly tying night. Yep. so it was fly tying night and fly tying had kind of wrapped up yes and for those of you that may be joining the show for the first time or you've been living under a rock um the fly box is a fly shop a tap a tap and a deli. And a deli. And they have, what, six beers on tap. Yeah. So, uh, cooler full. You know, and a cooler yeah. full of cans and bottles. It, it's a great place to hang out. Super awesome vibe. And the owners and his family and his wife are just the greatest hosts ever. So it's like this super chill vibe. We're all hanging out, we're having a good time. Um, there's probably a little bit of alcohol involved, and I had one beer, so I was definitely wasted. At some point, <laughs> Ben's lovely bride. Oh man! I think she. I think she had called. No, I started a text thread, or she had texted to check in because she had driven up to her parents' house for the weekend. That's right. And. And if there's anything I love to do, it's when she's with her parents and that's I'm not there. Yes, because she that's fuckery. yes, she was with her parents. She was in the car in the with car. her parents, and Ben <laughs> on Bluetooth texted her that I think I texted her a picture of Jonathan's. Well, no, you you know the the picture was hastily drawn. After you dropped the bomb. So you dropped the bomb yeah. that you were going to get a tattoo. Yes. Well, I there. said, yeah, while we're up there, I said, Jonathan has a really cool tattoo of his drift boat, like looking down from like an overhead yes. view. And I was like, I built that skiff. I think it would be so bitching if I had my skiff tattooed on an overhead view like that. Right. Meanwhile, he is drawing this little pencil drawing on a napkin from the bar. Which I now want as a tattoo. I was going to say. <laughs> and, and so I believe I texted it to her, if I remember correctly. I think so. Oh, you did. Because well, yeah. I was getting the, no, in all caps, Benjamin, do not do. <laughs> and then 
<laughs> then I texted and said something like, I think it's really cool that you're supporting Ben getting a tattoo or something along and those lines got- with the photo. And then Ben's phone rings. Oh, yeah. yes. And she got, I, I mean, I opened it up and it was FaceTime. It wasn't even like a phone call. And, and so it was obvious that there was serious um, trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. The parents were in the background, which I didn't even know, and it made it so much. <laughs> it made better. it so much better. They were in the fucking truck, going somewhere, and then I asked for the phone, and I was trying to like do a little small talk chit chat oh. about how cool it was that she was like supportive of this. And buddy, let me tell you, she I was like, "Want to talk." Larry, I want to talk to my husband. <laughs> Give Benjamin, Benjamin the phone. I, and I was just I dying inside. If she hadn't been in her car with her parents, she'd have been like, I don't fucking want to talk to you. Put my fucking husband on the phone. Um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but she was minding P's and Q's. And then she was like, no. And my. So my wife's like the strict budgeter in the family. So the first line I hit her with was like, is this about the money? Because the podcast is paying for it. <laughs> and then she got real nervous and uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, and I can't remember how we let her off the hook. No, I think I, at that time, Ben walked outside. I had to step outside and actually I could see. Yeah. Have you ever seen a nature documentary where like a bear goes from docile and you watch the rage? Like, yes. Start to the rise? <laughs> that happened on FaceTime. And I was like, I need to clear it up. And I was laughing so hard. But those of you who have been to the fly box know there's that big roll-up garage door garage door that's glass. And you yeah. can see through it. So I've got an audience peering outside <laughs> while I'm like laughing. And then my wife's mad that I've embarrassed her in front of my friends. So it, after this drawing... But we, it, we did not... Uh, she shouldn't feel embarrassed. She no. should feel like... You know, she's part of the team. Yeah, it, we. It, if anything, we were being super inclusive exactly. to bring her into the shenanigans. Exactly. And and what was really funny is like there were some other anglers whose wives were around, girlfriends, mm-hmm. and like they weren't sure whether we were full oh, of shit yeah. right. or whether it was a joke. <laughs> and like you could see, like all the guys got it. Like everybody yeah. knew what was up. Um and it was just some fucking comedy gold. I I laughed so hard. So I was staring back at this picture, uh, on the in betweener, and I had the idea of starting a GoFundMe <laughs> for Ben's tattoo. No, I was gonna, I was gonna get it. <laughs> you know. Whatever cost went to, you know, the the artist's time, right? Obviously, and then whatever was left over extra was an MDC donation. There you go. There you go. But is is that the proper platform? <laughs> when you <laughs> no, I think you just. <laughs> when so you... The, here's the thing with, I mean. Uh, <laughs> GoFundMe. They take like 30% right on uh, top. Okay. So if you would like Marcus to get a tattoo, <laughs> please tattoo or please 
Venmo, probably. Venmo, T2F2 events, and call it Tattoo Time in the comments. Yeah. We could do something like that. And, and you know, let, let's, let's... I wouldn't get in trouble. Let's do this. Maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> the, I, so I, I... Go ahead, James. I want to chime in here, and Ben, I fully support you getting that idea, and I would stand with you and possibly get one of my own with my skiff on it, because I have seen Jonathan's tattoo, and I think it looks really good. It's so bitchy. But that... That drawing, I will not get. Oh, I, <laughs> I fully support I, you doing it, Mark. I want it. I want it as a sticker. Like, it embraces me. Guava fork. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the eyes. The eyes with the, the X'd out jug. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I like the little paws, the little hands. <laughs> That's what it is. It's yeah. paws. It's not hands. <laughs> and and it's like, is that like a... Skanoo. Is that somebody with really short legs on a platform, or is that somebody <laughs> with long legs oh, just on the back of a skiff? Yeah, now that you said it's, that, I'm going to go with really short legs on a platform. short legs on a platform <laughs> with an arm that starts right at the hip. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. We got, I'm getting it. Or that's one really weird dick. No. No, I know it's Whoa. a hip, but it's funny. <laughs> no Legos this month. Tattoo. Oh. This one can't cost that much to get. You, you'd be no, surprised. That one's shop minimum tattoo. I'll yeah. tell you that right now. I mean, yeah. Do we know anybody with a tattoo gun? I wouldn't get that. <laughs> I wouldn't go get that far carried away. Listen, I got my first one in a trailer in the backwoods of Louisiana. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, um, God, that conversation was great, though. It I was so hard. Like, I felt the heat coming through the phone. Oh, there like, was. Oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. And the uh, the funny thing is, that night when I was talking to Daisy, she said the whole time after we hung up, her dad's like, "This is why guys shouldn't go on guys trips. They do stupid shit and mess with their wives, or stupid stuff and mess with their wives, and they can't just have a good time and hang out. They got to start shenanigans and blah blah blah." And I was like, "This is why we have way more fun than you." And, and we could, yeah, we could be those guys that don't care and. Go do cocaine and blow and strippers and poles and that's it. And we're just hanging out at a fly shop, right? <laughs> Ludicrous tattoos, yes. like on the face of it. When she got the photo, should have been the should have yeah. been the tell. Um, but uh, you know, in any event, it was uh, definitely some <laughs> highlights of the evening when we were doing that. Um. As we continue our jaunt down social media lane, mm-hmm. um, I saw a Drake outlaw that has been defiled mm-hmm. with, um, what did I call them? The wiggling wieners. Yeah, the <laughs> uh, pointy look at me wiggling wieners. Um <laughs> Has anybody f- physically fished on a skiff with the uh, wiggling wieners uh, no. fly line taming system? No. I, I, think, I think I have once. Um, I'm trying to remember whose skiff it was. And the sad thing was those things only, they're like, it's a sticker underneath. So, like, Correct. you know, it's an adhesive 
And so half of them were either gone, broken off, completely, <laughs> you know, it's like, and they look terrible. And to put that on such yeah. a pristine yeah. skiff, like, uh, you know, uh, what's everybody's opinion? Let's, let's put it to the, uh, you know, I'm obviously solid uh, trout set on putting those wiener. I've always been trout set on them. I think it just takes a skiff that, rega- really, regardless of what skiff, and it just starts yeah. making it look. No, I happy. agree. Yeah, it, it is. It can it's, it can be a John boat that you stick them on. And yeah, it's like and eh, you ruined it. And I'm gonna go trout set because it it boils down to the uh, the basic rule of line management. Right. So you know you're stripping in. If it's a windy day, you're kind of throwing it back there in the cockpit. In the cockpit, right. Uh, and I understand it doesn't always work that way. But, yeah, definitely yeah. trout set. Because, I mean, I really do think that whoever came up with... The, uh, if, if you need... They're a freaking atrocity. Um, if you need on it... The, on the face of fly fishing. Uh, um, if you know, you're fishing in Cuba with Ted maybe maybe a stripping bucket maybe um with Ted McBreezy (laughs) (laughs) I still goddamn love him for that um yeah I just I think that whoever came up with them knew that there were enough guys that were gear queer that it would virtue signal um with you know like you didn't have to like peer under the gunnels to see yeah, if they're a fly. You could see it come and be like, you could see, be like, that oh, that's it. that guy gets it. He's a fly angler. Um, but man, it uglies up a skiff something fierce. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, and I I would be more on board if they actually worked. But everybody I talk to that actually has those things on their boat say that they don't work worth a crap. So yeah, and then not only does it look terrible, but they're not effective and i mean unless i'm wrong and the people that i talk to just don't know how to use them properly so if you would like to admit to having wiggle wieners on your boat if you could please send us a dm and let us know if they work for you that'd be great yeah and you know or you just go the old school route like uh senior larry and you have the the tow rail yeah and that helps it doesn't help yeah not really but it looks way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> way cooler. Um, that was it. I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I hate these things. I'm going to have to say the, something. And the stool. Uh, you know what? The stool actually, mm. for as much as it's like kind of odd looking, uh, Tanner has one on his tarpon rig. Uh-huh. And it's... I mean, essentially, it's a leaning post, and it's actually super comfortable. Um, on knowing the size of this skiff, I don't know why you would have it on this skiff in particular. Um, I doubt you're going to go set up Oceanside in this thing and Correct. and and be comfortable at all, right. um, even with the ability to. Uh, you know, look like you're riding an elect, uh, a electric bull, but uh, whatevs. Whatevs. I mean, everybody everybody gets to do what they want to do. It's my skiff, Larry. And hold on, I'm gonna. Look, I just noticed this. What are uh-huh. we? What are we wearing? What is? What's on our foot here? Chen gear. Do we have? 
What is that though? Is it, are those like some kind of wading boots or something? So, um, I think they're like Wish.com Grundens. They um. Oh, they're neoprene. No, they make waders and stuff too. Really? Yeah, chin gear. Let me. I don't shop at Walmart that often, so I haven't seen those. Oh, but he does have a Costa they're, oh, real pouch. Duck hunting. Oh, yeah. okay. Duck. Holy gear. shit! I said Wish.com. I lied. Their waders are fucking eleven hundred dollars. Really? Oh yeah, for hunting waders, they're hunters will pay them. Don't worry. Hmm. And there's a bait caster. Look up. Oh what? Yeah, the, the bait caster sitting above the fly rod too. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's it's up. There gotcha. Because, uh... Gotcha. Getting all the angles. Um, then uh, I guess the next little highlight of anything that we've done that. Uh, Oh. Fishing wise, is Ben and I uh, did a little beach run. We did. We were the beach boys. Um, we stole Wyatt's uh, Hobie and uh, took it out in the inlet uh, onto the lake known mm-hmm. as the Atlantic Ocean this time of year here in Central Florida, and uh, we cruised what probably about ten miles up to where the shrimp boats were. Yeah, and. Uh, they were on anchor doing some maintenance and we pulled up and were like, Hey, are you guys going to be pulling nets anytime soon? And they're like, Oh, it's going to be a couple hours. So we're like, shit. So, uh, we did encounter a few, uh, boils and blow ups of, uh, the little false albacore. And then we did see a couple of nice schools of jacks that just were cruising around. They weren't really eaters. Yeah. Um, and then we saw a pretty damn big shark. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. We didn't get, we weren't able to get well, we close, close the distance. He, he, he kind of bounced. Yeah, he bounced. But, uh, but you could see him way out there. Oh, yeah. He, he was, he was probably a six, good eight feet. Yeah, I'd say eight feet at yeah. least. Uh, big boy. But, uh, nope. Man, what a beautiful what a beautiful day out just running the beach. It was. So now we need to do more of that. Why, it's so much fun. Why are all these fish attracted to the shrimp boats? Is it just like I don't want to say runoff, but like Think stuff like chumming through the bycatch. Bycatch. Yeah, so what happens is as they're dragging their nets for the shrimp, mm-hmm. when they haul the nets, when they bring yep. the net to the boat to dump the shrimp, if there's croakers and, you know, sailor's choice or grunts or whatever that have gotten right. kind of brought, those get like picked up and thrown to the side. Oh, nice. And then they take and dump the shrimp, put them in the hold with the ice or whatever mm-hmm. refrigeration, and then they push all that quote-unquote bycatch out the back of the boat and it's a fucking feeding frenzy of tarpon (laughs) of false albacore of sharks and it can get pretty freaking good behind the shrimp boats if you catch it at all no uh -uh. no you're behind them they don't they don't give a shit (laughs) yeah you're not gives them something to watch not true you always see the uh, like pictures and stories of people like trading the shrimp boat guys, like mm-hmm. some cases of beer, a bag for, like, of shrimp, a couple for some pounds beers. of shrimp or something. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't know how 
often that happens, but that always sounds kind of cool. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I would call that probably the freshest <laughs> shrimp you could yeah, get. Yeah, 100%. Hmm. I'd do it. I'd do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of times you'll see those shrimp boats are like out of St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. Um, Ours was out of Fernandina Beach. Yep, which is way on up there. Yeah. Um, you know, and so if you go to like Publix, what is it? The uh, They're like Jacksonville white shrimp or whatever. Yeah. They're like pretty big. But it makes you wonder if they caught them all the way down here, they're calling them, you know, like. Right. Home did it, of did port- it go up and back down? Yeah. Or, you know, are the shrimp down here a little different? Because there's like, uh, you know, because like if you're down in the Keys, there's Key West pinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is like a large, large species so of shrimp. And then our shrimp around here, like if you go in the river and, and, and dip them, they're, they're like a, a more of a red, bronzy Brown. shrimp. Yeah. And super sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'd be interested, you know. And, and, like, when those guys go out, are they out for, like, a couple of days? Are they out for a week? Like, how many thousands of pounds of shrimp do they haul get... before they head back in? I don't know. It's got to be a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure it depends on the size of the shrimp boat, you know, because yeah. right. one of them out there was, like, the one that we didn't go really yeah. close to was fucking big. huge. Huge boat. Yeah, huge boat. Um, they're not the shrimp boats that you see in uh, Shim Creek. No. With the party going on on the back. These We're are actually no, working. These are working boats. These are working boats. Um, speaking of Shim Creek, um, you can almost smell it in the air this week. Pip. You put the horn up. <laughs> what? What's what? going on? I don't know. He did the horn. I just reacted to it. <laughs> wow. Ben's been waiting for this the whole show, apparently. No. I was just going to say, Pip. Mark did the Pip. honk. Don't act like you didn't <laughs> see it. I was like, oh, am I missing a cue? Larry's staring at me. Mark's doing the no, I was just, trucker horn. I, was like, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever referred to the. the <laughs> no, you haven't. And I should have Smelling known. the smelling the, the fucking <laughs> mail barge coming. No. And if we, could, if we ever smell the mail barge we coming, we are not opening that package. No. Um, <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Damn it, Ben. Ben's Ben's drinking that tall boy. You got to look out. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, the <laughs> next. We? The, well, I think. We're talking about Pip. I think I, I was trying to, you know, say that Pip had been in town, but. Uh, Pip came on the mail barge. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, then I think a uh, little selfless uh, promotion oh, on my own yeah. part. Um, if you're inclined to uh, be a reader and you enjoy the Fly Fish Journal, um, I have a piece in the most recent issue. So. Uh, Check it out and uh, let me know what you think. Uh, the words that I put down. Um, kind of a creepy, weird thing. Um, uh, 
the original article that I wrote um, in the Fly Fish Journal was about Simon Bain, uh, yep. bone, a bonefish guy that works out of uh, Nassau. And uh, originally, um, it was Stanley, Brain, Stanley Bain's uh, younger brother, uh, Stanley Bain, of course, from Down the Path, uh, and that whole disappearance of Stanley Bain. Simon was his younger brother. Simon left Andros um, and ended up in Nassau. And uh, for for many, many years, people talked about how Nassau was not a bone fishing destination. Yeah. But uh, he actually did very well um, oh, yeah. bone fishing around Nassau. He, he passed away earlier in 2023. And uh, I wrote a memoriam uh, piece about Simon passing. But uh, it didn't occur to me until probably a couple of weeks after I got the copy of the magazine that the publisher sent, just showing that the article had been published. Um, my original feature piece on Simon, um, that edition of the Fly Fish Journal, had a peacock bass on the front of it. No way. And the piece that just got done uh the memorial piece there's a peacock on the cover and uh if ever there was a personality uh a bone fishing guide personality that you could refer to as somebody that was like really a peacock Mm -hmm. it would be simon so it's just it's kind of ironic he was kind of mean sometimes Outspoken. Uh, I don't know that I've ever called him mean. Didn't like the uh, cruise ship travelers too much. Really? They were expecting too much in too little time. Huh. Oh, what do you mean we can't go out and catch these fish? We only have two hours ashore. Oh. Oh. Takes an hour to get there. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> well, uh, so uh, the next thing that we, uh, as a group, we headed back up to Tennessee uh, mm-hmm. last week, last weekend. Yeah. Um, as a matter That's of right. fact, for uh, round two of filming for our F3T submission. Yeah. And, uh, Trade out Ben for Jameson. Yep, Jameson, since he was uh, already living now and settled in in Knoxville. Um, I looked at flights into Tri-Cities, and they were, of course, at a ludicrous time. And (laughs) I looked at Knoxville, and there was one coming in, like, you know, midday, uh, mid-morning, actually. Mid-morning. And... uh, I got in touch with Jameson, and he was uh, had the schedule that would permit him to pick me up at the airport, and so uh, I committed to that, and then I texted uh, Ben and Mark and said, hey, Andrew and I are going to go up. We're going to start doing some more shooting. Are you guys in? You know, fly Actually, up. oh <laughs> the text said... Bluff City, July 7th, 10th, period. 
Yeah. There was no question mark. It was just like, this is what we're doing. Which is fine, because I wanted to go. And tell us why you didn't go. Um, I had a really bitchin' kick-ass funeral to go to. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's, that's, that's that ultimately, that's so, ultimately what happened. Ultimately tell what, us why oh, you didn't ultimately go. Ultimately why I couldn't go <laughs> is... Um, it's called backfiring. It is backfiring, but I'm trying to figure out how to... You remember that tattoo incident, Ben? <laughs> Actually, believe it or not, the tattoo incident was all well and forgotten at this moment. Um... Have you ever said something My to somebody and then wife wanted regretted to it later? This a is a story of regret trip. told by Ben, ben Pickett, Pickett. Um, <laughs> who this summer has contracted foot and mouth disease um, <laughs> in this incident. Um, <laughs> no, Daisy wanted to plan a summer getaway, and I thought that wasn't what I wanted to do with my summer. <laughs> um, truth be told, there's a lot going on this summer between work stuff, some family health stuff going on, and till I figured out what was going on there, I really didn't want to go anywhere. Right. So I'd kind of made a commitment that I wasn't going to go anywhere for like six-ish weeks, and that until I got some kind of an update that I felt comfortable traveling, we're not planning anything full stop. Well, <laughs> but that's not how you articulated it to her. That is how I articulated it to her. And was like, we're not going anywhere until you know, we're not planning a summer trip till I have an update on X. Right. And then, boom, two weeks later, this one pops up. And the words were, <laughs> why do you get to go on a summer trip? But we're full stop, not allowed to plan anything fun. <laughs> but you and your buddies can go tear off and do something. I was like, "That's when you should have thrown out Ben, bros before hoes." I'm not that. <laughs> I was on pretty thin ice for even suggesting this idea. But you should have just been like, "This isn't a fun trip. This is a work trip." It, but it's that's right. Who came first, Larry or Daisy? Look. <laughs> <laughs> we made a vow to be together forever, but that's a good way to fuck that up. The no, I've been pushing the envelope for 15 years, I, man. <laughs> I don't have envelope pushing abilities to that level yet. I he ch- pushes the envelope like he does the accelerator, exactly. very lightly. lightly. Goes lightly, just, just enough. We'll hit the brakes and back, back it off. off. <laughs> um, no, so my so this trip was out. And then all of a sudden, the stars have aligned, and Mark's able to go. Everybody's able to go. And I'm like, no. Well, Mark, you got surprised. I did. With a plane ticket. Right. Which I'm very happy for you. And then I'm like, shit, the whole gang is going to be back together. Wyatt was going. Yeah. I was like, the whole fucking gang is going to be here, except for Benny Boy. Because I made a very bold statement. And I now have to live by it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to go on that trip. You're right, because I I was hesitant myself, knowing my well, I know my driving abilities are superb, uh, but distance, right, as a single passenger, 
you kind of zone out and you get that yeah. tired. And I was like, ah, well, if I'm going to be doing this single, I don't know if that's such a great idea because it right. could turn into a whole week's worth of travel. Right. But Well, then, you know, so I was like, damn, you know, okay, it's going to be Jameson, myself, mm-hmm. and Andrew. And, and there was certainly going to be plenty of stuff that we could film with just the mm-hmm. three of us. Um, and then... Like eleventh hour, um, I get a text from Susan, yeah. and she's like, "Hey, what are the details on this flight up to Tennessee?" So I shot her the details, and next thing I know, she says, "All right, Marcus is booked," and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" yeah. I was like, "Who?" And then like ten minutes after that, you're like, "Hey man, <laughs> I just got a, a plane ticket. I'm going." So uh, I was like, "Who are you? Uh, your thumbs are like going." I'm like, "Who? Who is this important?" Don't worry about it. Well, okay. So <laughs> the the morning of said trip to Tennessee arrives, and uh, <laughs> I had had just the shittiest night of sleep. Uh, between the dog fucking with me and just, you know, when you're excited about a trip, you yes. know, you're worried about oversleeping yeah. and anticipation, anticipation. And so, all right, Larry, you can say you missed me. Uh, I was so <laughs> looking forward to seeing Jameson again, even though he'd only been gone a week. Um, felt like a year. We get to the airport and, you know, I've traveled at least a couple of times on airplanes in my <laughs> my day post nine eleven, um, so I fancy myself a pretty responsible traveler flyer mm-hmm. when it comes to clearing the TSA checkpoint. Yeah, um, usually very efficient. Uh, any inefficiencies are just due to. Oh. Bullshit government red tape. Um, You happen to be the quote-unquote random one that gets pulled or your bag's going to get pulled no matter what you have in it. Um, So Wyatt and I are going through, and Wyatt's bags are in front of mine, and his um, camera case gets pulled. And I was actually watching the guy look at the camera case and why it has um it's a a puffer to to clean dust off of the lens looks like a baster and it looks like kind of like a baster but it looks like like almost like uh an old bomb a bomb that uh (laughs) wily coyote might use very cartoonish bomb shaped and and the reason for the fins on the back that makes it look like a bomb is so you can sit it on the table you know and it'll stand up um, and the guy is like perplexed and this guy is moving at the speed of molasses in February. And finally, like after watching him rotate the image 12 days to Tuesday, I said, Hey man, it's a lens cleaner. It's like a puffer, like kind of like a baster looking thing. That's why it's hollow. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're still going to have to look at it, though. I said, cool, man, whatever. And so he pulls it out. Now Wyatt's going to have to go to security, you know, and get the secondary screening. My bag uh, backpack comes through real quick. No, not my backpack. My uh, my big Grundon's bag, uh, the roll top. And uh, 
then my backpack with the computer, you know, is out and it's coming through. Actually, it was not out. In Sanford, they uh, they allow you to keep your computer in the bag. Correct. And that's why we chose that line. Um, all of a sudden, he's fucking rotating and looking and <laughs> rotating and looking and looking and rotating. I'm like, what in the fuck could he be looking at in my bag? Like, I am completely at a loss for whatever is intriguing to him. Sure enough, my bag gets pulled. So the lady that gets Wyatt's um, hard case, like Pelican case style, you know, um, with camera equipment in it, even though I had watched and saw what he was concerned about, she didn't even touch it. She pulls out his camera and takes like the lens um, cover off of the body of the camera and like holds it up and like tries to look through the viewfinder and tells Wyatt that she can't see through the viewfinder and he unleashed on her. <laughs> it was like, it's because it doesn't have a lens on it. What? It, I, like really indignant. And, and she just like looks at this kid and is like, okay. It puts it all back together. Just put, closes it and hands it to him. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so then she gets my bag and unzips it and starts methodically taking stuff out and sitting it to the side. But as she's doing it, she keeps like looking at like whatever the x-ray image yeah. was. And it's like, no, still like, and she's like, still like just digging going. For, and then she looks at me and she goes, how many, how many pockets are in this, um, backpack? I said, I have no idea. And she's like, well, how deep is this one? I said, I don't know which this one is. Like, I don't even know what you're digging for. So she continues to dig and I'm now I'm getting mildly like annoyed because it's almost completely unpacked. And once they unpack your perfect pack job, it never goes in the right way. So probably my mistake, I say probably louder than I should have. <laughs> I said, you think maybe next time if I just bring my shit in a, um, in a garbage bag, you guys can just pack for me once you're happy with what I brought. <laughs> And she just like kind of gives me the cold, dead eye stare. Yeah, that never wins you brownie points. And and I see the, like this little uh, Asian kid that was probably a year older than Wyatt, and he's got like lead on his name tag. So he's like kind of like you know middle man middle management. <laughs> he jumps into my bag and starts digging too. Now there's two of them little rat fucks in my bag. <laughs> And they make it all the way to the bottom. They've got every fucking item out of my bag. And down in the very bottom of my bag, I always pack it no matter. It's the middle of the summer. I get it. It's probably silly, but I always will bring like a puffy vest just in case it's really cool out or you're on the river. Sometimes it'll get cold. (laughs) And sure as shit, fucking the Asian kid gets my um, puffy vest out and I can see him like squeezing it and he finds in the chest pocket, he unzips it really dramatically, reaches inside and pulls out 
the six five Creedmoor brass that I had put in my pocket when I had killed the deer that I have flown with multiple times since then. And he goes, ha, found it. <laughs> and holds it up like it's a fucking you know, trophy, um, like he's the Statue of Liberty, like way up in the air. Found it. And I said, found what? He's like, this. And I said, a piece of brass? What's the big deal? It's, it's not allowed. I said, why? What, what's the big deal? And he was like, it's a bullet. I said, no, it's not a bullet. <laughs> and he was like, it is. And I said, it's a piece of brass. And he said, um, it, it, could, it, it can be considered a, uh, what, what was the? It was an R word. A replica. Yep. And I said, dude, no way. Like, there's, it, it's, <laughs> it's an inanimate piece of metal. It's a freaking piece of brass. I don't know. Like, apply some common sense here, man. I said, and, you know, under normal circumstances, if it was just a piece of brass that I, I'd policed up off the ground, I'd tell you to throw it away. But that actually has some meaning to me, and uh, I want it back. And he was like, nope, it's being confiscated. Or you can leave the airport, secure it in your vehicle, and come back and try security again. I said, awesome, dude. Let me talk to your supervisor. So I went full Karen. <laughs> and the supervisor comes over, who's kind of been hovering over to the side because he's seen the brouhaha starting, starting, to, starting to happen. And the kid hands the piece of brass to the supervisor. And... I'm like arguing like I'm fucking Matlock at this point. And I'm like, okay, guys, listen, the, this is not right. This is not right. I get what you're saying. If I had a piece of live ammunition, I'd totally get it. You could take it. You wouldn't hear a thing from me. I said, but it's a piece of brass. And I said, can you please show me the policy where a piece of brass is not able to be carried in my bag? And the kid pulls up and like ceremoniously shoves it in my face on his iPhone, <laughs> the rules on how to check ammunition and a firearm into checked baggage. And I said, dude, that's for checking a firearm. Like if I'm going to Alaska or something, I've done that before. Not, this has nothing to do with the other. He goes, it's ammunition. I said, no, it's not. It's a piece of brass. <laughs> And I look at the supervisor, and he's like, well, you know, it could be considered a, um, a replica. And I said, you know what? Fuck it. You guys win. I said, I hope, you're, I hope you're happy with yourselves. You guys win. It's a memento that's meaningful to me. But if you guys are going to do this, I can already tell you lack common sense, and there's no winning this uh, argument or getting you guys to understand but words do matter, fellas. Words absolutely matter. <laughs> you should be able to show me where it says this is not allowed. And you weren't able to do that. But whatever. Have a nice day. Hope you're proud of yourselves. And uh, we go down to the gate. And I start typing in the old Googler. TSA policy. Um. What was it? Um, shell casing. Shell casing. And like when I put in TSA 
carry on shell. It auto like completed casing. I hit search, and lo and behold, their policy says it's not precluded. It's it's okay to have it. And I was like, motherfuckers. <laughs> Mark had met us at the gate, and I was like, watch my shit. <laughs> no, I wasn't even there. I mean, I was there, but I... Oh, I told Wyatt, too. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. We, and uh, I said, Wyatt, watch my stuff. So I went marching back down there, and the supervisor saw me coming. And he tried to do the old uh, turn and walk away. Uh-huh. So I was like, hey, boss, real loud. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, turned around. And before I could say anything, he goes, I know, I know, I'm getting it back for you. <laughs> and uh, he gets on the phone, and he's literally got one phone in one hand and one phone in another, and it's like back and forth between two phones. Uh-huh. And then he gets off the phone. I think he was trying to wait me out and uh, see if I'd just walk away. But uh, he eventually comes over to me, and now we have to walk over to the airport cop that's at the uh, podium mm-hmm. and he walks up and he was like, Hey, uh, I need that. I need that brass back. Um, we're we're going to return that to this passenger. And she says, <laughs> I've already logged it for destruction. And I look at her and I said, what? And she's like, yeah, I've already taken custody of it. It's been logged for the, de- you know, for destruction. And then the TSA guy goes, well, we're giving it back to him. And she's like, well, I have to check with my supervisor and see if that's possible. And so she gets on the horn with her supervisor, and there's a lot of, uh-huh, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. Well, TSA's saying that he gets it back. Okay, all right. So then she's like, let me have your ID. So I give her my ID. and Now she wants my boarding pass. And I said, why are you, like, running me for, like, warrants and stuff just to give me back my property? Right. And she's like, I'm not running you for warrants, but I do need your name and know what flight you're on in case something happens. And I said, what, like, me throwing it at somebody? (laughs) And and she's, like, (laughs) like, very annoyed with me. And she's pecking away on her little laptop and... uh, she reaches in her pocket and pulls it out to hand it to me. And once I have it in my hand and she gives me my stuff back, I said, well, I guess the you know silver lining in this is that it was a teachable moment and that you guys do oh realize God. now <laughs> yeah. that uh, words matter. And uh, next time, don't try to bullshit a bullshitter. And she, she uh, says, you know, you should be happy that they found that. They're keeping you safe. I said, safe from a piece of brass? Yeah. And she was like, yeah. You know, did it, did it. I said, mm-mm, no, it's enough. I said, we're just going to have to agree to disagree because they weren't entitled to take it. It's not a dangerous object, no matter how hard you try to say that it is. Have a great weekend. And I walked away. But, man, I... It is insane what they will do. And what's really insane, and the only reason I probably took the tack that I did on it, is you watch so many people just give up and give their shit away to security. 
And and it's obvious that they don't really know the rules. They just make them up right. as they're going oh, along. Yeah. They're definitely not trained in no. statutes no. and policy and, numbers. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, I'm all for being on a safe airplane too, but at the same time, when we were going through security, there was a fucking kid that was probably... 14, 15, mm-hmm. that was wheelchair bound. Oh my God. With a helmet on. Severely like, severely disabled. disabled. Yeah. And they had him and they were swabbing his hands for gunpowder residue, explosive residue or whatever. And I, I was like, are you shitting me? Like, this kid, like, and the kid was so out of it. Like, he was like blurting crazy shit. Oh yeah, like like you know like probably what something about there. a cardboard box and then right. you know like just weird stuff because he I mean he he was just he was disabled you know he, yeah. he just wasn't all there. And when I was seeing that, and then they took then they started digging in my stuff, and I was like, you know what, enough's enough. You know, you guys are cr-. and they were slow playing everybody. They you know uh, they had looked at. You know, they pulled Wyatt's bag for one thing and looked at another, and I was just like, "No, I'm done, man. I'm done. Yeah. This is this is ludicrous." And they were mall cops. Yeah, they right. They weren't even full TSA. Yeah. At, at um, they were contracted security or yep. whatever. So anyway, um, that was the highlight of our pre-boarding well, no, experience. No, it was Larry coming back to the gate because at this point I had seen Wyatt sitting over there. Garden everything. Larry begins telling me the story, and somehow he thought it would be better to spell bomb than say it. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. B O M B. Yeah, because I was telling him, I said, yeah. yeah, they were looking at Wyatt stuff because they thought there was a B O M B in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did notice the fellow that was like behind Mark sitting down, like looked up. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, I guess, I guess I wasn't Captain Obvious, as, you know, thought I was being a little bit smoother yeah. than that. But, uh, funny. yeah, then we got on and got on a quick flight up there. And, uh, Jameson was, uh, we, we beat Jameson to the airport. We did. In all fairness, you guys landed. Earlier than anticipated. Yeah, we, we. I mean, it was. Oh yeah, we had a tailwind. Yeah, we had a tailwind, no doubt. Um, loaded up and, and then. Uh, go ahead. It was failed to mention to me that you wouldn't be at the normal pickup spot at the airport. <laughs> that the was rivals. Yeah, correct. You were up upstairs at the departures. Right. We yeah, we were. Baggage. Claim. We were. We yeah. skipped baggage claim. Um, but uh, yeah, we loaded up and. Uh, Man, we we boogied. We we got to uh, from Knoxville Airport to Pals. to my house, um, or to Pals, yeah, like in an hour and forty five <laughs> minutes. Like it was like holy shit, Ben ain't driving. <laughs> in all fairness, Ben is missing two cylinders compared to Jameson. That's true. Yeah, two yeah but, but, and but Ben has two. Ben tires. has two turbos. Oh yeah, that's right. He does have. Turbos. Let me explain something that factors <laughs> into this. Um, good friend of yours and mine, um, Bill from Canada. Uh huh. Was like, hey, nice truck. 
your gas mileage sucks, doesn't it? I said, no, I get 22 miles per gallon. I've got the 2.7. He's like, yeah, so do I, but the windshield's so big, you can't stand going 70. you got to do 80, and then your gas mileage. <laughs> and the gas mileage does take a considerable dive between, like, 72 and 83. It is, like, so that's why the belt. We, that's why we cruise at 68. That's why we, yeah, yeah exactly. You keep it in the sweet spot. Hey, Ben, why are we going 68? Because... Because the speed limit's 70, man. (laughs) Just saying. Um, Peter, Paul, and Mary are watching. So uh, we we got into town and uh, had had pals for lunch. And then. uh, It is good. I I would fly up there purely based off of our recommendation. To get pals. Yeah. For a day trip. Yeah, just day trip. Colorado yeah. day trip yeah. for a burger. Yeah. Um, Worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, burger and oh, Frenchie yeah. fries. No, no, no. Jameson's wienerless chili <laughs> bun. <laughs> <laughs> the chili cheese bun is where it's at. And it, it clearly states on the menu, no wiener. Well, it's just an option. You can get a chili dog there. Um, but... Uh, we we rolled into the house and uh, got settled. Yeah, and uh, I think did we stop at Howard's on the way in or no? Did we we went back over there. No, we shortly did. thereafter. We did stop, but we couldn't find him. Right? Mm. No, that, that was, was on the, the way out. Time. That was on the way out. Yeah, that was on the way to the fly shop. Yeah, we we made a stop because the golf cart was there, but Howard was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, that's right. So we just rolled straight in and kind of hung out. Yeah. Um, so we were messing around down by the garage, um, the following morning, I believe. And oh, yeah, I wasn't we, up yet. We kept getting like a whiff of uh, oh, God. dead animal, and we're like, Where the fuck is that coming from? And uh, Jameson, was it you or Mark? Was it you that found it? Was Jameson and it, I, yeah. And lo and behold, yeah, what the fucking groundhog I shot in the face 40, 40 uh, feet east of the, the driveway there, yeah, in a dead patch of grass, yeah. Well, that that was what it that's what it was, was that we saw the yellow grass yeah. in the field of green, and we're like, what is that, yeah. When I was mowing, um, when you guys went fishing, uh, down below the Eastman on Sunday, um, or was it Monday? Whatever day it was. No, Sunday. 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 Yeah. Um, I mowed around that because, like, oh You're yeah, like, I'm not kicking it. The no, it the, was, well, well, the crazy thing was, it was like it was bones, very, very like picked over bones. Mm-hmm. But then there was also it looked like baseball glove leather, yeah. the hide that was left. And I was like, man, if I run that over, it's going to wrap <laughs> around the blades. It. Yeah. Or no, I mean, it looks it looked like it would just be like something. Oh yeah, the blades would, would like yeah. like stop the motor, the you know. And then could you imagine it. having to pick that <laughs> no. out? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and the the smell was still ruminating. Yeah, because what? Would, no, it was Saturday that we were all kind of like huddled by uh, Andrews trunk and we we're like where where is that coming from and right I'm like, you know putting my nose to the wind i'm like well it's not coming from the tree line but you know 
it's coming from this open area, but I don't see it. So I, I don't know. And then, like Jameson said, the next day we're like, hmm. <laughs> well, we uh, we we went over and uh, had the requisite uh, start your day healthy with a, a nice stick to your ribs breakfast at the <laughs> Bluff City Diner, mm-hmm. and uh, then we. Uh, I think that was the day that we headed over over the mountain. We yes. did. Yeah. yeah. That was, we, we went ahead we and stopped at uh, gone to the fly shop for a quick stop and then decided to run over the hill. Yeah. And uh, did a little fishing <laughs> over where, over on the other side of the valley. Beautiful. And uh, on Andrew the, broke in his new vehicle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Andrew just got a brand new uh, Bronco. And uh, not sponsored, he was following us. Jameson was driving his truck, and this is probably day three of ownership, maybe of the Bronco, yeah, yeah. day two or three at the most. And uh, like he didn't even have his house keys on the ring yet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he still had the uh, the plastic yeah. tag from the dealership with yeah. the VIN number and all the fun stuff. On he it. he got uh, a rock thrown in his windshield, and uh, that was, uh, I mean, yeah, in his defense, I would have, I would have been a little bit bummed would, too, yeah. but. You know, I've been there, done that. Um, yeah. I, I actually, mine was a little, and I think I've told this story before. Um, I, I took my Beagle years ago mm-hmm. um, out on the boat with us, uh, and we oh. launched at um, Hallover Canal. And when we came back in, it was probably 10 o'clock at night and there was like mad mosquitoes at that boat ramp, like terrible mosquitoes. And, uh, Shannon pulled the, the, uh, or I think I pulled the, um, boat up on the trailer, hopped out and went to jump in the truck to pull it off the ramp. And the fucking beagle had (laughs) stepped up on and was like looking at me through the window and he had like stepped on the door lock so with all the windows up and it was a three day old uh f-150 crew cab Mm -hmm. um Uh. (laughs) so after spending about 10 minutes trying to get him to get excited and come to the window again and maybe hit the unlock button um just an ounce of blood left there were like you know (laughs) two or three more boats now waiting to get out and that's a single lane ramp and finally, somebody's like, dude, bro, what are you going to do, man? You're blocking the ramp. And I was like, fuck, man. I don't, I mean, I'm locked out and the motor's running like the yeah. whole shebang. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to break a window. So I had to bust a fucking window Ouch. out of my brand new <laughs> truck to get in and uh, unlock the doors and then, uh, drive home to Castleberry from the refuge with the fucking window missing. Um, (laughs) And turns out that uh, the back passenger, you know, the passenger door on the back comes factory tent. And that's the most expensive window that you can break. And it's 600 bucks. Oh yeah. It's like pre tinted. where, you know, like if you bust your windshield, at least it's covered By by insurance with no deductible. No, this was, Good job, dumbass. Yep. Six hundred bucks. 
What? So you didn't have the keyless? No. 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 That no. was. Was keyless out then on the door? Uh, I don't know. Probably just start. Just starting. Like a high end. Because when I when I when I traded that truck in on the F two fifty, the F two fifty came with the keypad. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, I I could totally feel the vibe. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, so we we spent the uh, the better part of a few hours uh, stomping around doing a little fishing all day. and uh, then on the way home <laughs> all day you said <laughs> I thought it was just a few hours whatever um, a few of uh, in the group had been uh, having some cold beverages on the on the creek. So I had not been drinking whatsoever. So I said, hey, I will drive us back across the mountain. And uh, Listen, (laughs) Mark does not scare easily. And I have taken defensive driving courses. What happened on this hill, mountain, whatever you want to call it, was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was pretty fun. I think I think the difference of being in the passenger seat versus the back seat made all the difference in the like, world. I'm sitting here. I'm like, eh, you know, Larry. He's been through these classes. He's got this. He's telling me, you know, oh, you got to super steer through this and power through that. And meanwhile, I'm just like, we're in a truck with oversized tires. Nothing in the bed. Nine thousand no foot shoulder. Cliff, no shoulder. Nine thousand foot cliff off to the left. Today's the day. If the Taliban couldn't get me, Larry was. And, and did did we did we get loose at all? No, nope. not once. Not once. But we only hit the rumble strip once. Maybe. Maybe I don't once. Remember. I know yeah. we did. Once. But if <laughs> Jay record. If Jameson was missing anything in that truck, it was definitely found because there was stuff coming out of everywhere. <laughs> Under seats, in pouches, doors. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> found anything that was that was uh, not secured. Oh, yeah. And uh, at least two of those items was like right at the apex of the curve <laughs> oh, yeah. under the brake pedal or, or the uh, accelerator. So then I had to do like the, you know, okay, well I'll steer with one hand and, you know, dive down underneath here and try to get the uh, pedals clear. But uh, yeah, I mean, my eyes were going one way. My stomach was going the other. I'm like, oh, it, it was only three beers and we were there for like 18 hours, I think. Way past lunchtime. Um, and I'm like, oh, God, focus on something and just... And Larry's like, oh, just do it like this. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, well, you guys were hungry. I just need to get you back to the fly shop for a chili dog. That's right. We were running late to the fly shop. and uh, we, we were. You know, Larry's expert driving course got us back there in the and fastest and safest possible way. That's right. Um, the day before, if we if we can back up a little bit, um, uh, Ben, you're familiar with uh, the the bus hump. I am on Sells Road. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, so we we'd cut down Sells Road, and uh, I'd coached um, Jameson that well. uh, this was going to be you know a really fun little whoop de do to go across in the truck. 
and uh, Wyatt was giddy in the back because mm-hmm. he knew, you know, he's been through it a million times. And so uh, we're laughing and talking about how his mother hates this road. When I turn on this road, it, it like she instantly is like, no, no, do not. <laughs> and uh, I tell Jameson, <clears throat> all right, when you get to the white fence right here, th- punch it. That's this. That's the run up. And just before we get to the hump, I said, now the road kind of disappears off to the left, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> and he, he waited until the most opportune moment to yeah, tell me this. And so he like feathers it real hard. And, and we just kind of, I mean, we still got a little bit of air, but it wasn't like, you know, full send, like, you know, so of course. It, it was wah wah. Yeah, we were like, ah, <laughs> pussy. And uh, <laughs> so. The following day or the day after, I can't remember which it was, uh, we were returning from breakfast mm. for uh, oh yeah for the second day, yeah. and and Jameson was like, "Hey, you want to give that another try?" And we were like, "Hell yeah!" And, and the first so the first time Andrew was not with us at that point. That's right. Andrew's <laughs> and now Andrew, following. Andrew is tailing. <laughs> In, in the uh, busted windshield Bronco. <laughs> and uh, so Jameson hits his mark and just like mashes it to the floor. And we probably hit that some bitch at about 65. We were definitely on the uh, Travis Petrana yeah. level of flying. And we, we aired it out across the hump. And so then immediately everybody's like looking over their shoulder to see if, and Andrew hit it. I just saw the headlights. Yeah, like pointing <laughs> skyward. So we were like, all right, it's official. Andrew has broken it in. Broken it in. <laughs> and uh, we we did pull into Howard's at that point. Um, and I, I told Howard that, you know, day before, uh, Jameson kind of backed off a little bit on the hump there at uh, Lacey's old house. And, uh, but he, he hit it full sin this morning. And what, what was he said? He just looked at you and said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the last guy that did that, there used to be a little shed there and he went through it. <laughs> <laughs> he was none too impressed. No, he was just like, y'all are idiots. <laughs> uh, y'all are idiots, but you're my idiot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that describes Howard pretty well. Yeah. Um, we had fun, man. That was, I mean, you know, I wish we could talk more about the filming, but we're choosing to keep uh, a lot of that detail uh, kind of close to the chest so that when and if uh, the film makes it into the film tour, you guys can enjoy it for the first time without having any, uh, what do they call them, spoilers? Yeah. So, um it, I do want to get a, a group's opinion on my driving as compared to Ben's. Oh, yeah. Since I have the opportunity here. Oh, uh, you are very efficient, uh, very timely. Um, you get from point A to point B expeditiously. I mean, I did not partake, but this Uber, even though it was a much shorter ride, did offer uh, East Tennessee roadies <laughs> uh, gum. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was it. All right, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, are you guys hungry? Do you want to stop? No, let's let's keep on going. 
We had some fantastic Mexican food oh, down by the airport when you dropped us off, uh, or just prior oh, to dropping yeah. us off at the hotel. El Saison. El Saison. El Saison. It was so good, I decided to go back the following day. Yes. And show my beautiful fiance. I mean, that and uh, Grandpa left his hat there. Well, you know, not just that. That is one of those places. Hey, you know, I went here, and you know, it's not far from home. You haven't been yet, and it is good. Did you have a margarita? No, I did not have a margarita. Mm. I didn't. I didn't even have a beer the second time. Blasphemy! Who are you? Well, you know, I don't. Now I'm sorry, Mark. The <laughs> the next item on show notes. Oh. I want everybody to take a deep breath. Hold on, let me. I don't see anything in the channel. Mm-hmm. We're just going to address the topic. The mail barge. Mm-hmm. We do have a mail barge from Clint. That is West Coast Clint. Yes. Okay. Um, Land of Lakes Clint. Yes. Um, WWE Clint. WWE. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it is <laughs> it is in the trooper next door, uh-huh. and since uh, it is raining outside and the skeeters are thick, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tiptoe through the grass to get. Mm-hmm. So we will postpone the mail barge arrival until next podcast. Agreed. Um, and in addition to... But thank you, Clint. And yes. I can't wait for you guys to see Clint's mail barge. I opened it um, at his behest. The stickers that he sent are oh, fucking God. epic. Awesome. Um, so I will give you that teaser. And then the other thing of note from the mail barge is we, as of... What the second week of July mm-hmm. just received our first package of raffle prizes nice. for the dinghy derby, the thingy before the dinghy. Um, oh, yeah. and that would be uh, a box of I think about five or six fly lines from Echo. Nice, yeah, so yeah. pretty freaking nice. Have they always been. Have they always manufactured fly line, or is that something? Yeah, relatively new. Yeah, absolutely. Have? Yeah, yeah. Huh. And when I say Echo, I mean like Airflow. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, same company. Yep. Um, but uh, we'll we'll definitely unbox that stuff the next uh, round that we do, and uh, just uh, know that we're very thankful for the folks. Uh, out there at Airflow that did that for us. Uh, it's going to help tremendously with the raffle mm-hmm. for the uh, fifth annual um, thing before the dinghy raffle. Thank you so much for believing in Mosquito Lagoon and believing in uh, the fundraiser that oh, we're yeah. putting on. Even uh, our past winner, Emily, with her Echo, uh-huh. is just tearing it up over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Tearing it up. So... Uh, any other loose ends that uh, I think, Ben, you've got a note on there that you may have potentially been hallucinating this afternoon? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Old psilocybin Ben. I want to point out, I've mm-hmm. drank a gallon of water today. I am properly hydrated after working in the sun, so it ain't that. I want to go get my parents' mail. 
There is a pond at that post office. It's about the size of your average living room and double wide kitchen combined. Okay. Um, for scale. If you don't know what it is, that means whatever. Figure it out. Um, not very big. And it goes, it slopes About gently. 14 feet wide. Yeah. And probably it is probably about <laughs> 30 feet long. Okay. And gentle slope to about a two and a half foot deep center. On the north bank, there's definitely like a sand nest where something wallowed it out. Tilapia. I would, one would assume. Blue. So, all of a sudden, in the middle of this pond, I see that darker, like, brown-colored redfish with that blue tail. So, definitely a blue tail. Swirl. Go through. Yeah. Swim in the middle. Do that, like, classic-looking, like, redfish swirl. And I was like, oh, shit, cool. So I pull my truck over. And I get out. And I look in the pond. And all I can see are brim. Anywhere between an inch to, like, six inches long. There's no tilapia on that nest. There's no fucking redfish I just saw. Could it have been... Uh... And I sat there for about six or seven minutes. I think it's the tilapia. It probably is, but I couldn't even see that fucker. What about... The uh, armored catfish. I didn't mm, see one of those. I don't know. I would think it's probably the tilapia. tilapia. Yeah. I mean, I was just. I've heard. I don't know if you've heard as well, Larry, or you, Ben, that whether it's off of five twenty-eight, four seventeen, four hundred eight, all those interchange mm-hmm. ponds. Mm-hmm. That there have been redfish and tarpon brought over to those, and they are being sustained. I have not heard that, but that's kind of exciting. I don't, I, I don't know the truth behind it. At the four, it was a he said she five twenty eight and four seventeen. Yeah, just one of those okay. interchanges, whether huh. it's somewhere along four seventeen or five twenty eight. I don't know. So maybe it could be a redfish. I think we should investigate. That's interesting. Yes. Somebody's like, oh, shit, there's an FWC was, truck. It was Get them oversized about, redfish out of that damn boat. It looked about as big as this whiskey bottle long, which is what threw me. And I guess the tilapia can get that big. Like, it, yeah. it easily can, but it didn't seem that fat. But, but then also, I saw it for like a second and a half out of my peripheral then full on while I stopped the truck and got out. So I don't know. And I just laughed because I sat there and couldn't find any fish that big in the pond. I was like, am I hallucinating about redfish? You just need one that bad. That's what I'm getting at. So, But it's summertime, and it takes longer to revive them than it does to catch them. Yes, for sure. Well, um, Jameson, do you have anything... Uh, you'd like to add to the conversation before we start thinking about wrapping it up? Nothing from my end. No fishing uh, plans this weekend? Well, hold on. You sent a very descriptive text about your tornadic 
flight experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. Marcus. Wow. Once again. Don't um, shake your head, Ben. Yeah. It happens when you're old. So I, I didn't quite 100% follow. Um, sure. So you guys left um, Chicago on time, correct? No. No. So, okay. After, after, after you guys went, I dropped you off at the airport and went back and then went to uh, El Cezon for round two, which is right across from the airport on Monday. Tuesday morning, I flew out for Chicago for work for a couple days. O'Hare or Midway? Um, uh, O'Hare. Ooh. Yeah, uh, it's eh, it is what it is. They're they're <laughs> they're about the same at this point. Um, but so flight in, you know, direct flight from Tyson McGee here in Knoxville to O'Hare, which was nice, nice and easy up and down. Do my business. Um, we had gotten word that some storms are going to be rolling through. On Wednesday, I was supposed to fly out Wednesday evening time. Uh, I think I had 6.30 scheduled for my flight out. So Wednesday at about 11.30, I get a notification that my flight had been canceled. Mm. In the and morning? I could, yeah, yeah. For 6.30 later that evening, Oof. I'm assuming due to weather. Wow. Uh, but I could reschedule for other flights and... You know how those things go. So I did immediately because I didn't want to wait and get bumped to the next day. So I moved my flight up to 4.30 and figured, you know, if the storms are going to roll in in the evening time, I'll get out early. Well, about 3, no, 2.30 on my way to the airport, I get the second notification that my second flight had been canceled. So... At that point, what there airline, were no what airline flights. You, what airline? American. American, okay. Yeah, and they've never given me an issue like this before. And it, it, it was raining. There were some pretty severe storms at that time coming through the Chicago area. Okay. Um, yeah, but as I pulled up to O'Hare, the rain had stopped. And right. I pulled up the radar, and the the storm had started to move onto the lake and away from civilization. Um, and so I had called the you know reschedule number because there was only to, uh, flights for Thursday morning out. And then I went ahead and walked into the airport and got in the thirty five person line waiting outside <laughs> of uh, customer service to try and get my flight rescheduled. Anyway. Got it rescheduled. A uh, nice lady called me on the phone. We got, there was one flight that was set to leave close to my original time at 6.30. Um, so I was there just, you know, four hours early. Uh, got through security, no issues. Waited around, boarded on my flight. And by this time, storm weather had kind of rolled in again. I could see some some darker clouds off in the distance, but at so far, my flight was not delayed. No no issues, no cancels, anything like that. So we board the plane, and we push back um, from the the jet bridge, and we're you know 500 yards from the the jet bridge, and we're in, in the taxi, and. Uh, 
the captain comes over and says, well, ladies and gentlemen, this has uh, never happened to me. Um, but they have uh, just informed me that they are evacuating the tower and putting the entire airport under lockdown. So uh, I don't know whether I can take off. Uh, so we're just going to we're just going to sit here and uh, I'm going to shut the engines down and we're just going to hold in place. So I'm not, you know, savvy on construction, but I am a homeowner and I do know it's grounded. Yeah, I I would assume. Well, I think it was more from like, so the tower, the tower cab, Mm -hmm. meaning the top of the The, tower, um, you know, if, if they think that there's a tornado coming, that's probably not the place you would want to be. Because all the glass, yeah, um, yeah. But um, and so at this point, everybody that had already put their phone on uh, airplane mode decided, okay, it's time to pull it off airplane mode and see what's going on. And that was when the symphony of the wonderful emergency alert action notifications <laughs> started on. going on. If you've ever heard of the uh, amber alerts or the silver alerts for us Floridians. Uh, it was a cascade of that blaring alarm tone saying there's a tornado warning or watch initially. And then about five minutes later, a tornado warning came through. And, Ooh, warning. Uh, well, at least yeah. ATC is safe. And right. and did well, the <laughs> did the pilot do you guys a solid? And when he came on and, you know, I don't know whether it's trained into pilots or not, but it's like the... Um, folks, this is Bob <laughs> up here in front, and uh, just want to let you know that uh, this is the first time it's happened in my career, but uh, I'm gonna let you know that uh, they're evacuating the tower and shutting the airport down, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and shut the engines down. We're not quite sure whether we're gonna be able to take off or not, so uh. Just bear with yes, us for a few minutes. You got to do that, uh, uh, folks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, awesome. your, your pilot voice is spot on, and uh, it was just as monotone as our captain was. Nice. Uh, he also added in, uh, well, uh, you know, since I'm shutting the engines down, the uh, the air conditioning will be shut off as well. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, lower the uh, window shades. Could lower the. Oh no! If you could lower those window forward. shades. Uh, I was thinking to myself, he's like, either he sees the tornado coming at us and wants <laughs> us to die with dignity, or <laughs> not you know, screaming not like little bitches, right? Yeah. Um. Or you know he's anyway. But uh, I happened to be sitting next to a gentleman that worked for Boeing, and we were on a Boeing airplane. Uh huh. And uh, he so was like, bring it on. They're tornado it was, resistant. It, <laughs> it was, I was on the aisle seat. The Boeing representative was in the middle seat and a younger flight attendant was on the window seat. Hey and now. between her and I, we were hammering him with questions about structural strength. And, <laughs> you know, hey, if in the event that this actually did hit a hurricane or it did hit a tornado, you know, blah, 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 this and that. And then, um, so this would have been a so anyway it was seven? it was uh i don't know which one we were yeah. in yeah he probably told us and i just forgot it's definitely was, not a max no 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 no, no. 
Um, no. You know, um, it, it would have been nice if, if if Bob up front would have been like, uh, folks, um, kind of a unique situation here. Uh, first time in my career that the uh, <laughs> they've abandoned the tower. Right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and set aside all the rules ourselves. And, uh, well, since we're shutting her down for a little bit here and the AC is going to be off, there's nothing better than a nice cold beer on a hot summer's day. So I'm going to go ahead and let the uh, flight attendants move about the cabin and serve you all some free beer, courtesy of American Airlines. That would have been extremely nice. Oh, but that did not, not even happen. a snack. Did they? Oh, were they wow. like, you guys need to keep your seatbelts on, securely fastened? Because <laughs> yeah. we're not planning to fly, but if it gets wind- too windy, we might just actually do it. Make it off the ground and throttle her up. Did did it get super windy? Like, was the airplane rocking about or anything like that? There was a couple of good gusts that uh, uh, shook that gave it. the old airplane shimmy. Oh man! Um, it, but uh, did anybody peek out underneath the window to see what was happening, or everybody? Oh, keep we their did win- a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's out out of our window, little... it was dark. You're like, fuck! I just saw a witch on a fucking oh, bicycle. I saw a cow. Guys on the wing <laughs> ripping a it apart. Doug. <laughs> um, but so the we survived. I, I don't know that a tornado Obviously. actually touched down. There was a. Uh, the alert read, well, I pulled up the, the radar app, and the radar said that there is a tornado warning due to uh, radar indicated, indicated yeah. rotation yeah. indicated in the radar. Um, so, Which I'm sure the pilot anyway. was watching up in the... Uh, um, so how long from the time they shut her down till you guys were back up, engines running, taxiing, headed home? Uh, so to get through the tornado warning, I think we were, it wasn't, it wasn't very long. It was like a half hour, maybe, maybe 45 from just the tornado warning. Right. (laughs) We left, we left about an hour and a half late because once the tornado warning had been lifted, the captain came on again and said, okay, they're making the way back up to the tower and uh, we're going to get back into the, the mix on the takeoffs. But first, they're going to have to land the planes that have been circling for the last right. hour. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we, we got in the, the train of, you know, waiting to take offs and then had to wait for the, so know, all the arrivals wait, to land. There's yeah. no diversion at that point when you have a you, weather. Usually on well, the divert when fuel starts becoming an issue yeah they, they have a, res, a a certain amount of fuel reserve Where was I? and as long as they're not getting close to their reserve the, there's a point where they would have to divert and that clearly didn't happen um yeah. you know when you sent that text i can't remember what i was doing but i was like i meant to text you and find out like okay what time was it roughly or precisely if you knew and were you, you know, I was going to try to find out and pull the ATC tape um, just so we could like play oh, that, the yeah. announcement where it's like, um, you know, the controller's going, uh, We're boogieing. hey, yo, everybody, <laughs> peace out. Good luck to you. Um, we'll be back with you here in a little bit, but there's a radar indicated tornado headed towards the airport. <laughs> and. 
we're not telling you it's time to go home, but you can get the hell out of here. <laughs> um, I I can get you the time if you really want. To yeah, it. yeah, and I yeah. I would say that it's probably you know because the um, ATC net you can go back uh, historically yeah. and uh, pull up the tape, and especially okay. if it's the, you guys were probably. I mean, the tower would have announced that they were abandoning oh, the tower, yeah. but you guys were st- still probably talking to uh, ground because you were, uh, you know, in the alley taxiing or something. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I-, I would love to hear how that yeah. that announcement went. So there's like no sure. Mad Max rules. ATC abandons. It's just yeah. Now whoever. it becomes an uncontrolled airport. Right. Be like America four seventy two. We're fucking going we're, for it. We're boogieing, well, baby. We're, well, we ain't sticking uh, we were, around. We were trying to get. We were trying to get the Boeing representative to walk up there and you know explain who he was and tell that pilot to get that plane in the air now. You know, <laughs> kinda, we had a stewardess who could have led him into the cockpit and then he would have you know enforced martial law at that point as creator of the airplane. <laughs> right. <laughs> the creator. Yeah, but that didn't that didn't go over well. So but uh, uh, I picture I picture uh, a very cute flight attendant and a um fifty ish year old uh male pattern baldness suffering man with uh short sleeves Pocket protector, polyester pants, uh, sitting between the two of you. You you got the stewardess correct, um, and you were not far off on this particular uh, gentleman representative from Boeing. Um, he was probably late fifties, early sixties, gray hair, uh-huh. not male pattern baldness, uh, short sleeve shirt, correct, um, cargo pants. Oh, okay. Ooh. And a it's for all his meters. Washington, Washington newspaper. I was I was huh. gonna say, okay. why would a Boeing representative be flying into Knoxville? And so he was headed. He out? was originally headed to Detroit, Ew, and he got <laughs> diverted into Chicago, or maybe Chicago was his connector. Dang. He said originally. He said. He was got, getting on this plane, which was originally headed for Charlotte when I got on it. Actually, it went to Charlotte. Uh, but he chose that because he was supposed to go to LaGuardia to come back to Good get to Detroit. Lord, man. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's so a he, cascading effect when, wow. especially somewhere as big as O'Hare gets shut down. Like, it's just a nightmare getting everything caught back up. Oh, yeah, even like Jameson said, for a matter of 35, 45 minutes for a major international well, we, airport. We flew, um, I was flying back from Denver once on uh, AirTran, and uh, there was a bunch of thunderstorms came up over Atlanta, and so Atlanta had done the, hey, we're shutting down arrivals and departures. Um, so we actually started doing orbits, racetrack pattern um, over Arkansas, where we would come right up to Memphis and then do a 180 and head back out over Arkansas for a few miles, come back, 
because every time we went by Memphis, I I could see looking out the window the uh, pyramid building there on the Mississippi yeah. River, and uh, the pilot eventually came on like they didn't say anything about it and then like after about the third or fourth like lap um he comes on he says uh ladies and gentlemen uh for those of you that might have noticed uh we've been kind of in a racetrack pattern here for the last little bit uh got thunderstorms down in atlanta atlanta's not accepting any arrivals so uh we're, we're fine we got plenty of fuel here to do a few more laps and uh be back with you when i have an update and then uh he comes back on he's like well uh good news ladies and gentlemen they're starting to accept arrivals again here in atlanta so uh we've been cleared to uh Go ahead and head that direction. Unfortunately, the bad news is we've uh, done a couple of extra laps that's uh, not going to allow us to make it all the way to Atlanta. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be going to Nashville today. Well, the crazy thing was, freaking uh, AirTran did not have a base of operations, did not operate out of Nashville. So we landed at Nashville, and as we all looked out the window towards the old terminal building with the jetways and everything, we turn away from them and pull up on the ramp with all the um, corporate jets and Cessna 150s and stuff like that. And uh, the fuel truck from the FBO came out and gave us a little fucking splash of gas. And uh, (laughs) we taxied back out and... Made the thirty-minute quick hop back down to Atlanta once we had enough gas so, to get there. If my only experience, kind of like what you just went through and what Jameson went through, was I forget where I was coming from, but it it was either out of Dallas or Atlanta, going into Miko. Storms, typical of Central Florida. Like you said, do a couple racetracks. Oh, we're not going to make it. Folks, we're headed to Melbourne. (laughs) Melbourne, Florida. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, shit, yeah. Perfect. And, of course, I I, I do not abide by the put your phone on airplane mode. Right. (laughs) So I'm telling Susan, hey, if you haven't left yet, turn around, head to Melbourne. We get there, we land. Well, folks, you're going to need to stay on the aircraft because uh, this airport cannot handle this aircraft. Yep. The shit does that mean? <laughs> Their jet bridges aren't designed for your whatever you were in. Mark lives here. <laughs> Port St. John's man arrested today for deploying the slide on... It, it came close, <laughs> but it was decided that, like you said, with all the traffic that was in the air, mm-hmm. it was not what. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. The pilots have flown their maximum number of hours. Yes. So now we're waiting on a crew. Now we're waiting on a crew. No, no, we're not. Mar- Mark is getting off this plane. I don't care where the bag ends up. Well, I got off the plane. Oh, they let you off? Oh, they let me off. 
<laughs> and a, few, <laughs> a few others. Uh, I guess crew eventually came. Uh-huh. Aircraft headed headed back to Mako, and I had to go pick my bag up a couple days later. Yeah, no. Yeah, you're not going to stick me in a tube and tell me I can't get off this damn thing when I paid $500. Right. And I live 35 minutes down the road. Yeah. Well, better can, safe than sorry. And I can still fly. You cry enough. <laughs> it works. <laughs> My best <laughs> stranded. We were taking off from Detroit to I'm just a disabled uh, veteran. Tokyo. Uh-huh. And oh. this is January. This blizzard fucking dumped. It snows they, in Japan. Oh yeah, but it was this. Is oh yeah, it does. Taken off in Detroit, and oh, it was dumping snow in Detroit, <laughs> and we were stuck. And everyone was being assholes on the plane, of like four hundred people. And I'm in the exit row by the galley, sweet talking all the flight attendants. Yeah, buddy. And so when they decide they're like, we're gonna be grounded for about two hours, but they're not gonna let us back onto the. To the terminal. Yeah. Right. So they actually opened the door, and we were watching the snowfall, and they're like, hey, you want to come up here and have some coffee with us? So I sat by the door Ooh. with flight attendants drinking coffee, watching the snowfall down. So, oh, that's okay, awesome. Okay, get this. I'm going to one-up you, coffee no, go boy. go ahead. We're, we're flying old Allegiant, and uh, it's Mark's first time flying Allegiant <laughs> out of Sanford. I did not realize you had to pay for Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got pay for water too. Maybe you drink out of the toilet. Maybe they announced it, but I was too busy too busy listening to music already. And beverage carts coming down the aisle. Yeah, let me let me get a Coke. Oh, well, you know that's gonna be three fifty. Right, whatever the price is, and it's like, uh, well, you know, it is my. First time going to Tennessee. Do you have any Jack Daniels? I got you, boo. Got me a little 50 ml of there you old go. Jack Daniels. A little welcoming present. Nice. I mean, it, it, technically, it was my first time flying into Tennessee. Yeah. But not my first time in Tennessee. Right. But yeah, she slipped me a little, a little bottle. I think Jameson got a pull. Nice. That first day of fishing. Maybe. Did you? Um, I don't remember getting any. I think you got a little nip. <laughs> I think that was all you, buddy. <laughs> Maybe he's confusing oh, the, the big bottle that you got. Yeah, I got the big bottle at the liquor store because I drove. Yeah, and you'd even leave it at the house. You took it home. I tried to hide it just in case he wasn't there I'll, for the next trip. This is mine. I'll bring it back. This is mine. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Mine, mine. Nobody's touching this. It's mine. But uh, Mark, if you remember correctly, I asked you. No, I don't remember at all. Yeah, that's not <laughs> Mark's not your go-to validation source. For yeah, shit. I, I trust whatever you say, Jameson. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, it's a couple minutes before midnight, so we've done our due diligence to. Uh, Put together the best damn podcast we could. We hope that you guys have enjoyed joining us for a few road trips. And uh, other shenanigans. But 
Take we uh, we're we're gonna be probably headed back to Tennessee somewhat soon. Um, I've got a few days that I've got to spend here in Jacksonville, and then uh, after we get done with that, um, hoping to head up uh, back to Tennessee the f- last week of July, first weekend of August. Um, we'll be back up there, hopefully trying to film a little bit more and, uh, hanging out. Uh, if you want to bump into us, just, uh, stay tuned on the old social media channel and we'd love to bump into you at the fly shop. Uh, hopefully that or the river. And, um, until then, uh, we appreciate everything you guys have done to help, uh, support the show whether it's been uh, spending a little bit of your hard-earned money with Grundens or on our website getting uh, Taylor Trash swag. It always helps uh, with our travels and our beer and dinner and stuff like that. So uh, thank you. You guys are by far the best listeners ever. Um, We appreciate you. And... uh, Unless anybody else has something to add, then uh, we're going to say that uh, that's all, folks, for... I got one more thing. Uh Uh-oh, one more thing. Time out. Jameson, I love you and I miss you, boo. Come home soon. (laughs) Don't worry, Mark. We'll be together again soon. (laughs) And with that little bit of love, we're wishing you all a good night. That's it for episode 94 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing After Dark.
door slams shut All I know is I'm sick of everything that my money can buy A fool waste his life, God rest his guts The lights and the collar goes up And the wind begins to blow Turn your back on a pay your back last call 